live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Jesse Loan Show. I am the Lone Jesse, here with my guest today, my father, James Gehring. Say hi to the people, Jim. Hello. <laughs> and uh, I don't have too much makeup on, do I? No, no, you look just okay. fine, just fine for the camera, sir. Cool. And I figured we'd start this off uh, after my long period of absence, explaining why I was absent, how we got here, and how I got here with your help. So uh, with that, uh, I made a move from Colorado to Texas last month, end of December, mid-December, right? 14th. And I did it with my father's help, who came to Colorado, helped me pack up all my stuff and get to Texas. How would you describe that experience? It was a blast. It was a blast, huh? Yeah, I love flying. That's a lie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind flying, I just hate all the cooties that go with it. Aside from that. Flying's yeah. not bad, flying's fun. Drive was a piece of cake. It really Good was, Good surprisingly. Weather. Our Heavenly Father was very nice to us. Our Heavenly Father. I would say uh, the times of day that we were driving were ideal, so. Yeah, there was no traffic, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, Dexter was a hell of a G on that ride. Yeah, he was. As he sit, his silhouette sits behind you. I know, I see him over there. <laughs> and so um, you helped me pack up my stuff when I moved from Texas to Colorado. How would you describe that experience? <laughs> Pain in the ass. <laughs> was I not as prepared that time? You were better prepared that time than the last time. Better prepared this time. Correct. Yeah, okay. Well. Then when you went back to Colorado. Yeah. So we, we were blessed coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, we made a safe journey here. And then I got set up in a, a pretty sweet place, yeah, all things considered. you got going here. This is pretty cool. Well, yeah. It came with a bit of work. Yeah. But not, not a bad place, all in all. And, uh, but, but not everything that it was cracked up to be off the bat. Describe that experience. <laughs> because for those that don't know, uh, my father, he's a jack of all trades. He's one of uh, the last of a few, those manly men that can do like plumbing, electric, uh, what else? Carpentry, like he could do it all. And a hell of a uh, landscaper as well. I sense a slight bit of exaggerating going on, but okay. There's no exaggerating. I, I sense a, a bit of blushing going on. There's no exaggeration. Anyone who knows him knows I'm not exaggerating. And so, uh, all that said, I am none of those things. And not by fault of yours, because you tried for much of my life to instill these, uh, instill the knowledge of these trades in me. And I just was never interested, never picked up. So come moving into this place, which was as cool as it is, definitely fraught with some issues, to say the least. There have been a few, yes. <laughs> there have been a few. And so with that. For, for a newly renovated place, yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> that's neither here or there, it's over. Yes, it's, well, and it's my fault. I moved into this place site unseen, which is pretty stupid. But I did see the pictures, which looked not like this place looks. Am I wrong? No, you're not. 
and it they, said they newly deceiving. renovated, it, deceiving, uh, is a word that some people could use to describe. Okay, somebody fibbed. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to cover my ass in terms of like uh, I don't know in, in case they I don't know, but just leave it at that. Leave it at that. So with that said. Tell, tell the people, though, with that said, some of the things, some of the issues we encountered and what you, as someone who knows uh, the proper way to do things, what your thoughts were. Well, the plug behind the dishwasher was what I thought was probably the most which you discovered ridiculous. Which you discovered all on your own. I had no second thought Either of it. There, we knew there were critters ridiculous. coming in. And he gets on his hands and knees and he's looking at where they put in a brand new dishwasher. It is a brand new dishwasher, but it's what? Like something that would go in a travel trailer? And yeah, <laughs> and he he's looking behind it with a flashlight, and he goes, Just let's pull it out. And so, sorry, take it away. He pulled it out, and there was no wall. And the plug was just laying on the ground in the wall. There was a wall, to be fair. There was... On the other side. Half a wall. Yeah, but this side, the <laughs> drywall was all tore out. That, that, the drywall is your wall. At least that's the way I see it. Mm-hmm. And the plug was just free... Floating on the ground. Free floating on the ground, yeah. Yep. Not attached to anything. No. No, doggone it. Great, elec- great electrician... Uh, what would you call that? Electrician's work? Electricianship? <laughs> um, stupidity. Stupidity. Okay. That's, that's Whoever a better word Whoever it was that it. did it, just stupidity. So we went ahead and fixed that up, and... Uh, a picture is worth a thousand words, so I wish you people could see this. But um, actually, so go ahead and explain to the people what we had to do. We just put drywall up and put the plug in the wall like it's supposed to be. And unfortunately, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And that's that. My favorite thing you said during the whole process, though, is you go, I'm not. you go, this guy gets paid for this. Mm-hmm. This guy gets paid to do this. So for those that can't see listening to this I'm showing the people a picture that's it of that's what the wall looked like <coughs> yep that's it literally the wall was just got a giant gaping hole torn in it where we found mice rodent rat whatever kind of feces were all over the dishwasher all over the top of the dishwasher and under the sides under so obviously something was getting in there yeah and then this is what it looked like when we were done and for those that can't see, again, that are just listening, I'm uh, showing them a picture of the wall completely sealed off where, with the help of my father, we took and took two pieces of drywall, uh, cut off the torn-to-shit piece of the wall and, and measured it up and put up some new drywall. See, now, if you ever have to do that, you can do that yourself. Yeah, I could figure that one out. There you go. Yeah. But, geez louise. Uh, That's where it was helpful on the trips that I went with my dad and his job. They actually uh, figured out that it wasn't that difficult to do yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So take it away because honestly that's uh, the whole inspiration for having you on the podcast. That's it in a nutshell. It's because years ago I was recording our conversations always saying that I want to hear these stories and document them. So what would be your, what's a memory that stands out to you of, of going along with your father on one of these trips and what did, 
what you were learning? Um, wow. It's a loaded question. It really is. <laughs> yeah, that's because there's, um, I guess cleaning out septic tanks is probably the worst. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Dad, dad would never fix a septic tank, Dad would, and yeah, had to get all that crap out of the way so it could be fixed. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I did ask you what stands out in your memory, but yeah. I was thinking more. Needless to say, we didn't have sump pumps. They had to be taken away. So oh. who's, who's the, uh, I was the mule, so to speak. Oh, gnarly, bro. Yeah, it really was. Okay. You have any uh, more of a Little House on the Prairie-like memory? Like something a little more chipper <laughs> than, than uh, caddying shit back and forth? Well, it was, it was, it was, I mean, I can make it what I want to make it. It was um, disgusting, but, you know, I learned from it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's what you make it. Not answering the question. Okay. Well, that takes us into another subject of conversation, which is um, that some of your siblings don't look on your uh, childhood so ideally. You have a rose, rose-ish outlook to some people. You know what I mean? I try. I wish I could say I was 100% successful, especially when I was younger. I wasn't. But the older you get, the knowledge comes with that age and I like right now look at it the glass is being half full instead of half empty for the most part it's you know it's what you make it it's a choice um, yeah I look at all the positive stuff and there are negative things in our childhood but uh, I've enjoyed looking and talking about the positive stuff and for whatever reason, people have gotten enjoyment out of me talking about the positive things. Yeah. A time or two. Yeah. So, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, it touches on what I asked. Um, but so, going back to the positive stuff, so then what would one of these positive memories of yours be? One of your... Uh, I could think of a few, but I'm seeing if you have any off the top of your head that I haven't heard of. Um, Help me out. All right. Take us back to the day when you and Uncle Steve found a little cow stuck in the mud. Oh. <laughs> That's just a good story, Jeremiah. But it's a true story. Oh, yeah. It's not just a good story. It's a true it's story. A good story. Yeah, it's a true story. How's it go? That was, we were goofing off, which is what we had to do back in them days. We didn't have, you know, the Nintendo or whatever the games are called today. Shut the fuck up. Didn't. <laughs> I know, but don't talk like an old man. The Nintendo or whatever the kids got well, there's today. Different, aren't there different games now or is it still Nintendo? I don't know. I don't have kids no more. Don't fuck them around. You got me a PlayStation in my age. You knew the difference. PlayStation. Keep going. Okay. Is that the newest one? I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Is that the newest one? <laughs> anyway. Keep going. We had to make our own fun, be it playing Army or 
which I think is what we were doing that day. And we were, we were, you know, basically pretending we were in the army. And uh, heifers are meant for one thing only, and that's to be on the dinner table. And every now and then, Delbert would get a load of heifers, and there'd be a pregnancy every now and then. Some would turn out good. Jeremiah's case turned out good. Some would turn out bad, uh, where the heifer can't give birth because that's not what they're meant to do. And you would try and save either the cow or the calf. You're trying to save one of them. Okay. You know, and those are the bad situations. In this situation with Jeremiah, it was we're messing around down by the creek, and I hear this, you know, little calf. He was basically drowning in mud. She spit him out, lickety split, and left. There was no, uh, they didn't, um, they didn't, they weren't meant to be mothers. And so anyways, I hollered at Steve and he came and we pulled him out of the mud. It was cold, fall, and. And this uh, was? This is up in Iowa. Tell us where this was in Iowa. Well, between Schleswig and Charter Oak, Iowa. Okay. So unfortunately the farm is no longer there. Unfortunately, a lot of those farms are no longer farms. Can you tell us where it was, though, here? I hate to interrupt the story, but it'd be... If you took Highway 59 there, which is called 20th, whatever that says, 22nd, 220? But anyways, at 59, right in the middle, go south. Okay. Just drag that north. Keep dragging until you come up to a curve. And you, said, you said go up north? Yeah, keep, no, you know, you know, keep going, okay, keep take going it north. south. Yeah, take it north, you're going south, correct. And then when there's a curve in the highway, there should be another road that goes to the left, west. Anyway, Steve and I took Jeremiah, the calf, up to the house and washed him off, and uh, nobody was home, so we had mom's hair dryer over him trying to warm him up and get him dried up. Yeah, see there's a curve. So, go a little more. Go a little more down the road. Yeah. Go ahead, keep going north, pull it north. Follow the curve? Yeah. Now see that road right there? Okay. Take that road west. Take that cave? That road there. Okay. And you just keep taking that west, keep going. You're gonna go a ways, about four or five miles or something like that. Oh shit. Okay. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I'm sure this makes for a real interesting podcast. Well, I'll say, yeah. People are, oh, wow. But is this the creek? But anyways. Um, Emigrant Creek? It could be. And that could have been where the farm was at right there. It's been tore down. Okay. And it really is a drag because there was a lot of functional funct functional farms, um, family run. And now it's all, it's just corporate farming. 
It's sad. But uh, yeah, that, the farm's gone that we lived on at the time. And, uh, but we saved Jeremiah and went and told Delbert about Jeremiah. And uh, he said, he's yours. And we're like, what? He goes, how big was he? He was a br brand new calf. A brand baby. fucking new. A baby. We were able to carry him. <laughs> he sat in our living room floor while we dried him off. How old were you guys? I think I was, uh, I was about fourth grade, however old you <laughs> Steve would have been fifth or sixth grade, he was a grade or two ahead of me. That would be so cool, dude. And uh, so we were allowed to build him a pen, and we built him a trough for <laughs> food. And we, he was our pet. We'd go out and play with him and stuff. It was, you know, cows, pigs. Yeah. Just like Porky's a pig, Porky we'd ride. Um, they all make pets. You know, we had a, we had a we had a pig that we named Lily. This is before I knew your aunt Lil and your ma. But uh, Lily, we named this pig. It was a runt, and she was such a runt she could just walk through the fence. Yeah. And she'd come up and visit us and stuff, and yeah. Um, that never became our pig. That was Lily, and she just and Delbert. She he would always keep her. Just kept her because she. Not gonna bring me any money. Yeah. She didn't eat that much, so yeah. Oh, she was she just was a pet. The, she was the farm's mascot there. Yeah. <laughs> That's cute. But so you guys had Jeremiah for quite a long time. You grew him into all a way, full size. All the way when he was big. Yep. And my dad was smart enough there to uh, know that we had to separate <laughs> the boys from the cow. And there was one way to do it, and that was to put him in with other cows. And he realized he was a cow and not our pet. Yeah. So with that, we... story does not have a happy that, ending, though. Lost that connection. Yeah, Jeremiah was very tasty. Yeah? Yeah. Don't lie. That's not how that story ends. Mm -hmm. I thought you said Grandma wouldn't even eat him. That was Porky. Oh, word? That was the pig. <laughs> oh, you guys ate Jeremiah? Mm -hmm. That's fucked up, bro. I mean. That's what he was, uh, yeah, he gave us quite a bit of food. Gave us quite a bit of food. So, yep. Well, I think uh, I fucked up that story. So, I shouldn't have interrupted and, and done the whole map thing in the middle of it because I think the best way that you tell your stories is when you just take them away all on your own. Um, so let me try to give you another one. Off the top of my head, I think of... Was it a, a space heater? Oh, boy. Stuck in the wall? Yeah, that's a perfect example of how... what a dumb little kid I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's where um, unfortunately I didn't anyway yeah I, there was a, it wasn't a space heater it was actually a heater in the, in the wall that was in the bathroom mm -hmm. and my brother Steve was tying up the toilet on me and I had to go pee really bad and uh, while I'm sitting there waiting like a mentally challenged 
young boy. <laughs> I squirted into the heater. Oh. It was really cool how it <laughs> took the red coils and buried them, darkened them, put them out temporarily. <laughs> Peed it again. What'd that smell like? Nasty. And that was so no indicator to you that you shouldn't do it? Yeah, well, that's just it. Like I said, dumb boy. But anyway, we turned it off. And that, obviously, so it's not burning, so it wasn't as obvious. But then the next time someone went and turned that heater on, it was like, what? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so, yeah, dad, dad kind of, again, see, my dad... He was a lot smarter than I gave him credit for. I, I remember telling him that when I was about 27, 28, that I owed him apology. So anyways, he took all of his boys in the bedroom. Because that takes a genius to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> and not to give, not to, not to rob well, grandpa of how credit. He figured but... it, how he figured it out was pretty good. Why, why, how he figured know? out it was you? Yeah, well, it really, I guess, didn't take a genius there either, but still. <laughs> so, okay, sorry. It's not like, I didn't get spanked for it or anything. I was just like, you know... I knew it was wrong. Faye sat down and said, who did it? And I was the, the wise one that said, maybe Julie did it. And uh, well, at that point, Dad knew that, you know, girls can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumb young one there. So uh, The one who says, maybe Tom, Julie Steve, did it. Bob. The one who smelt it, dealt it kind of deal. Yeah, go ahead yeah. and get out of here. Leave the, go ahead and leave is what he said. You guys go ahead and leave. So I stayed behind, and Dad said, why'd you do it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and started bawling. Yeah, that was really brilliant. What'd he do? Whoop, whoop your ass a bit? Spunk you? No? No. You didn't get spanked for that one? No. Because you were just a curious kid. You didn't know. A dumb, dumb thing little kids do. That's funny. Maybe. I still thought he would have spanked you, though, for trying to blame Julie. No. Maybe Julie did it. <laughs> he was like, oh, God. No, he spanked us when we deserved it. Yeah, I'll have pity on this dumbass this time. <laughs> we, got, we got spanked when we deserved it. And um, I want to I wanna say that it didn't scar me for my life. And it actually taught me that what I did, I don't want to do no more. Are you going to be an so. advocate for, for spanking children? Um, no. <laughs> but I'm going to say that it doesn't ruin it child's life i'll say i'll say um i'll say publicly um 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 I w i'm not a fan i didn't like it i wasn't i wasn't happy about it so i'll just leave it at that okay. for now yeah. um i mean i'm not saying that you should let kids do whatever they want because there's definitely a problem with that in society right now too where we're just letting children See this in the supermarkets. It drives me fucking insane. It's like, I want to smack people's kids for them. So there's definitely... Uh, but with that said, uh, like kind of like being a police officer. I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm not saying all the actions are wrong. Just there's some discretion involved. Maybe people should exercise a little more discretion sometimes. I agree. <laughs> I agree um, with that. I could have used a little bit of that when I was uh, going through my fatherhood. Well, Daniel... Uh, so so speak to that then, if you don't mind, because uh, it was always mentioned that there was a difference between the way that you raised Daniel and me, and it was obviously evident, not just you, mom as well, um, and 
it's funny watching my childhood videos because it's so it's it's grossly obvious <laughs> so I would just like to say if I, if, if I could do it all over again it would definitely be different yeah um, I have I have regrets that simple I think I could have been a, a better dad in regards to that I didn't need to be the uh, hard ass for lack of better words that I was uh, fortunately for you I came to that conclusion uh, Daniel says he's he's doesn't at least he told me that I did everything okay which I know I've told him wish I'd done better and I do well it's that simple I appreciate that but I'm with Daniel on that you uh you did pretty good I look I look at it like I try to look at most things I try to put myself in your shoes and at your age uh dealing with uh what life was throwing at you in the meantime, right? Your wife divorcing you in the process. I mean, you guys are going through your issues, your own. I don't know. I'm just saying that was, uh, well, there's no manual. At least there wasn't at that time. I guess there are now because Penny and I, <laughs> Penny and I was at the restaurant one, one day here not too long ago. Kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this up. And this kid was being obnoxious. Like really bad, obnoxious. The table right next to us. Yeah. Behind me. Okay. And the dad took the kid outside. Okay. While the mother looked up real quick on what they should do. Looked up on what? Computer, book, or phone. Looked up on like Google or? Whatever. I don't know. I didn't ask her. All I know is when he came back with a kid... She's telling him, this is what we should do. <laughs> okay. And it's like, wow. <laughs> Parenting via smartphone. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know if that's any better. Um, for sure. I don't think that's any better. I doubt it. But to, f to finish my thought, like to put myself in your shoes, I look at the way that I react just at like when my toothpaste doesn't go on my toothbrush all the way and it falls in the sink. Like, I get overly angry at that. So I can't imagine how I could, <laughs> you know, like I love Brooklyn, my niece Brooklyn, uh, who I get to babysit often. Mm -hmm. I got to babysit her the other day. It yeah. was awesome, but there's definitely a time limit to the like extent of time that I can spend with a child. <laughs> She's a sweetie. To where people, I, she is, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. But it's proof to why I'm not, I shouldn't be a parent at this point. And mom, you know, admitted to her self and to us and I I'm grateful to you know her admittance that like it wasn't ready for all that shit at that age and putting nope. myself in y'all's shoes I can't even imagine so no nope. imagine my mom I think your reactions for you know could have been worse I mean imagine my mom I was just thinking of this the other day when mom and dad lost everything when we lived in Iowa that was the good old days of Jimmy Carter <laughs> and gas lines and things like that. Speed limit, 55 everywhere you go. It was nationwide. Uh, imagine going 
We drove 58 with that trailer. Which I didn't, which I didn't know. You were telling me this that that's why there's that song. Uh, is it ZZ Top? 55. I can't drive 55. Right. And I, you mentioned the song, and I'm like, oh yeah. He said, yeah, that's the reason for that song. It was a law. I couldn't and believe Texas it. Texas bucked it as best they could. Texas bucked it, but still, it's federal, and so they 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 caved. They had to. Um, so I, you know. Our federal government, just want to say this real fast, I'm not going to get political. Go ahead. Federal government has gotten way too big. They were then. They really are now. And we need convention of the states so bad. So bad. Okay, so we're obviously... Now let's get off that. No, no, let's not, because let's get on that. It's going to be a very well, 80... we were talking about mom and dad. I know. We went from Iowa to Arizona. My dad was only 42 <sighs> years old when we went to Arizona. You know, I'm thinking of that, and it's like, holy crap. He was 14 years younger than I am right now. You know? It was a, that was, that was trying. You look at what they had to go through. They did the best they could. I like to believe that. I know that. And so, you know, yeah, living in a, Thirty, I want to say thirty-two foot travel trailer. It might have been thirty-six, four feet. Whoopie ding. Either way, kind of small. Um, with my two sisters and my mom and dad. You know, no, it wasn't ideal. Yeah. But you make the best of it. It, you know, sharing a room that's um, literally, let's just say, five foot by eight foot. That's closets are bigger than that. With my two sisters. Yeah. You know? So, we did that for quite a long time. So, with that said, what do you, I mean, what's going through your head when you're raising a child like me who's not only ungrateful and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, selfish, for lack of better words, but to to no extent did I have a limit to my expectation, you know, I don't know if I put that correctly, but my expectations, I felt like, and I think this is mom's point is like, it was never good enough. So sorry if I wasn't the perfect mom, but it never would have been good enough because my expectations were always, you know, how was that? She's right. How was that? She was right about mm -hmm. me for that. <laughs> well, there you go. High expectations, great expectations. So with that, raising a kid like that, and having your own upbringing, being raised in, in less than a closet, like, how do you, you know, how do you fucking deal with that? Um, that was my past, and I deal with today today. It's really that simple. I mean, you know, you can't let what has happened in the past um, affect you. Other than learning from it, if you make a mistake, you learn from it. Lord knows I've made my fair share. But you don't... <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I would have to look at that kid and be like, dude, kid, you don't know. I don't know. That'd be hard. No. It's not. You know, y'all had it, other than the fact that I was a... We had it pretty good. Yeah, you had it really good. Yeah. Like I said, I was a... 
for lack of better words, jerk on more than one occasion. You're um, hard ass. I think hard ass. Jerk, jerks maybe taking it uh, in a personal direction. I feel like hard ass is an apt description. <laughs> okay. Either way. And that's neither here nor there. All I can say is, you know, I'm, I would do it different well, given the opportunity. That's so. not, that's neither here nor there because uh, I wouldn't have you do anything differently. If you had, wouldn't be here um, where I am today. I appreciate that. Not you too know, bad. Daniel said the same thing, and I appreciate that. But, boy, there's, there's, uh, I can't tell you how many times that I've thought about it. Let's put it that way. Well, no need to think anymore. Um, but that, that is a hard, I mean, I don't know, hard part of being a parent. <laughs> coming from someone who's not a parent, but can't imagine every decision you make is going to have an impact on the, the formation of this person the rest of their life. You know what I mean? And I even have to have that realization when I'm with Brooklyn because I'm not the most responsible adult. And I have to have that in the back of my mind. Like Every action you take with this child is formidable. That's right. And that's correct. It's a heavy responsibility, one I'm definitely not ready for full time. So <laughs> I appreciate your ability to navigate those waters, sir. That said, let's go back to your childhood and let's talk about another story where I'm saying that this is probably me and my cousin's favorite. Uh, my cousin Jeremy, I, at least I know, I told it just the other day, um, just for him. I'll just say, you and your brothers skipped out on chores that you were supposed to be doing for your grandparents, and I'll let you take it away. We really didn't skip out. It was Steve and Tom and I. Yeah, we didn't. We 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 um we would go to Ida Grove and mow Grandpa and Grandma's yard, and. Uh, just shows you what my dad, your grandpa was um, a real badass, for lack of better words. He really was. Um, he actually qualified to be Green Beret. Mom did not think he would make it, so she did not discourage it at all. She figured, let him try, you know. This is her the way she told it to me. She thought, let him try. And lo and behold, Dad was good enough. <laughs> so when he came home and said, it's done, I made it, Mom had to break the news to him that if he pursued that, then she was going to divorce him because, uh, no. And so he never did. He just stayed infantry and proceeded to be awesome at what he did in the military and that being said we were at my grandpa and grandma's went to mow their yard which is what we did and we hauled up to the house this was in Ida Grove Ida Grove Iowa Iowa and we up to the house and started telling grandpa dad dad wants us to mow tell, tell dad the yard don't need mow tell dad the yard don't need mow you know and grandpa didn't care that's not skimping out on chores at all. And 
dad came into the house and grandpa said, Bob, uh, I don't want you to mow the yard. And dad's like, oh, pop, yeah, he's mowed. No, the dandelions are in bloom. I want to keep the dandelions. Uh, Not dandelions, I'm sorry, clovers, four-leaf clovers. I had a book of four-leaf clovers that grandpa, I got to stay with them for, it was a week before this time. But anyways, I had a book that grandpa, he could spot a four-leaf clover lickety-split. So I had all these four-leaf clovers flattened out in this book. I really wished I had that book, but unfortunately I don't. And those clovers, but grandpa said, no, no, the clovers are in bloom. I don't want you to mow. Dad, no, Pop. No, Bob, come on. Okay. Well, we stayed and visited. Ate. Thought it was all done. We made out like a bandit. <laughs> How long were you there? How long were you hanging out at the house? And you had dinner and a couple Eight. hours? Yeah. And uh, you're like, yeah, we're smooth. So we're driving home. Steve and I are in the back seat. It was a 64 Mercury Comet. Steve and I are in the back seat. It was my brother Bob's car. Um, he bought it from Reverend Stone. But anyway, uh, we got, I really can't tell you how far. I want to say better part of four or five miles from home. And Dad stops the car. We were off on a gravel road where there ain't no cars. And he said, get out. And we're like, what? And he said, get out. I'm like, what's, what? He goes, thought you were real smart, didn't you? <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? He goes, start running. We knew. He knew. We blew it. So we started running. And Tom ran with us for the longest time. And uh, all of a sudden, Tom's like, I ain't doing this. And he started walking. And Dad was just bumping him with the car. <laughs> and then Tom just went behind the fence and started going through the field. Well, Steve and I are about ready to ruin our underwear at this point. <laughs> so we're running, and we just running. We kept on running all the way home, on down the driveway. This is not too far from where this was at. As a matter of fact, that picture there very well could be. It's not that place. But anyways, it was right on that road as well. And uh, okay. so we get on. That was our punishment. Done deal. And I don't think Dad would have done anything to Tom when Tom got home. Except for Tom's Except attitude. For Tom, yeah. Stood up to Dad and came in, sat in a chair, and Steve and I were just sitting on the couch. I don't know if Lawrence Welk or... Something like that was on. So did he come in after you guys already made it home? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was quite a long time after. Oh, okay. See, I thought he was there when you guys got oh, no. there. No, he was walking. Just okay. walking through fields. And uh, so Steve and I are sitting there, like I said. I don't, I don't know what it was on. We only had like three channels back then, unlike today or when you were as a kid. Yeah. We got 250 or now they got like 1700. We I get it. Know. You're old, bro. Yeah. Anyway, um, dad comes walking in the living room. Tom stands up and says, uh, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure Tom would agree with me. This is what happened. 
But next thing you know, Tom's sitting in the chair with Dad pointing at him, saying, you ever talk to me like that again, you're going to wish God was on your side. You understand me? Uh, <laughs> that's the quote. I, I always get wrong. And Tom said, yes, sir. There's a couple slaps knocking him into that chair. See, and I always over-exaggerate when I tell the story, and I say, like, it was like Tasmanian devil. You couldn't see his arms moving. It was... <laughs> but a couple um, for slaps. For the most part, that, that's not... That's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> You're accurate. You're not exaggerating. It's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. And Steve and I just sat there and kept our mouths shut. <laughs> Didn't make a move. Uh, that's fucked up. That's awesome, though. But he didn't hurt Tom. He just put him in his place. Just let him know. Yeah. Hey, boy. So, it's like, I mean, just like when he caught me smoking for the first time. My brother Tom smoked. Cools. Excuse me. Tom smoked Cools. And... Are you going to drink that beer, by the way? Mm-hmm. You want um, a cold one? No, it's good. Okay. It's cold. Sorry, keep going. Um, Tom had his cigarette butts up in his bedroom, and so I went up to his bedroom to smoke on his cigarette butts. And for whatever, I don't know how my dad did it, but he knew that there was smoke upstairs and Tom wasn't home so where's it coming from and next thing I know I hear dad coming up the stairs well you can't put a cigarette out and get rid of the smoke no and the time it takes from <laughs> to walk upstairs no aside from that you're fucked yeah aside from that I mean Tom had his stereo Tom had a um, battery charger. Like car battery? Or? Yeah, car battery charger. Okay. And a 8-track car stereo with car speakers. And that was his stereo in his room. Damn. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, you know, like, you know, hey, we did what, we were creative. Fucking A. And that was his stereo. And I was up there listening to... It's probably actually a badass stereo. That's actually probably more badass than any yeah. stereo you could buy in a store. <laughs> no, he, he, was, he was really creative there. That was awesome. And it was... He just... I was up there. I think I was listening to Grassroots. And... Next thing I know, I hear Dad coming up. And oh, my only reaction... Well, my only choice... Well, I, I was I just took the cigarette and threw it behind... The bed. Still lit? Uh-huh. <laughs> and Dad like, comes up there and he's like, what's that smell? And I'm like, I don't know. Again, stupid kid, you know. <coughs> I don't know. And he's like, he looks over and you can just see the smoke coming up from behind the bed. <laughs> you know, it wasn't carpet, it was wood floors. He goes and finds the cigarette burning and... I didn't get spanked for that or anything. He just, you know, did not appreciate that. How old were you? That there, I was probably um, probably about fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Then. Fifth or sixth grade, and he didn't even come down on you. No. Did you ever catch me smoking cigarettes? 
Was I don't it recall. A cigarettes, I don't think he ever caught me. No. Um, I was never really a cigarette smoker. But I was thinking this will be fun. So let's take people down memory lane of uh, the transgressions you caught me in then. Um, speaking, of, speaking of instances, I'd be interested in knowing if you wanted to do differently. So I asked him at the start of this, Dad, what do you not want to talk about? And he said, well, I want to keep it G-rated. I said, okay, that's not going to happen. So let's talk about a story. Is it G-rated? Not at all. Okay, then I won't talk about From it. my sixth grade experience, where I was overheard on the phone relaying a story that we had written in a notebook. So in sixth grade class, we were so bored in class that we... It was actually... This is Penny that heard you. I didn't hear you. No, but it was your... I understand, but your reaction henceforth. But in this... Uh, it was actually quite creative in the sixth grade class. We'd take and one person would start a sentence and we'd pass this notebook behind the teacher's back while the teacher would turn around and you'd fill a sentence out and pass it to the next kid. And what you ended up with was this like very eclectic story. Uh, some kids took more than a sentence, paragraphs at a time. And it was a, a creative uh, assortment of, of all these kids' creativity to create the story though. Needless to say, there was a lot of profanity in it. <laughs> yeah. And I was the keeper of said notebook. I think I might have started the whole thing. I don't want to take credit, but I might have. And I was relaying this story to my girlfriend at the time uh, from my father's house in a different town. I'm visiting for the weekend. And over the phone, I'm relaying all kinds of sorts of uh, stupid nonsensical shit to her, but in this... Uh, something about uh, someone butt-fucking someone. See, now... <laughs> See, <not> now... <laughs> you say you're not supposed to... T stuff you weren't supposed to be saying. That's good. Well, I don't think that butt-fucking is such a bad Listen, thing to say. It is, too. It is, too? <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to talk about that. Well, I, I don't think that there's a such thing as bad words. See, this is something that I got into with my cousin before I left Colorado. Love her to death. There's not bad words. There's bad intentions. I think... Uh, I start getting stiff when, when that goes on. So uh, we can't do that. So when I tell people my dad is a square, you understand what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I talk about him and I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, yeah, my dad's a square. And he's, he's actually pretty cool for a square, but he's, he's the guy, and this is how I always put it. I'm like, he's the guy that if you tell a dirty joke, when you get to the punchline, he'll go... Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. I gotta go. <laughs> Get up and leave the room. And uh, that's not an exaggeration. He's probably ready to get up and leave right now. So, with that said, I strongly disagree. So, I don't know where that comes from in my upbringing. Blame it on society. Blame it on the rap music, I guess. But I do. You blame it on the rap music? Whatever. Funny, funny I even say that. That wasn't intentional, but... So after this experience, what was your response? Take it away. I'm guessing I was not very nice. I really don't recall. I remember the incident. Yeah. Uh, I remember being told about it. 
unfortunately, uh, I had a job that, uh, like right now, printing. Um, hey, I can't, um, again, and I go back to like, I can't imagine what went through his head in this moment, but he was relayed this by my stepmom, who again, at that moment, I can't imagine what went through her head. She was tripping out. Of She'd never, never been a mom, let alone stepmom. Didn't know Jack about raising kids. And so bless her heart, like she, you know, uh, comes to you and relays this to you because she doesn't know what to how, tripped out. how to respond. Yeah, tripped out. And, and uh, well, needless to say, probably was, he whooped um, my ass. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's actually this story ties into if anyone saw the podcast with my cousin Summer and I'm talking about praying on the edge of the bed with you. This story ties into that one because this was that. It was after you whooped my ass that we then prayed together. <laughs> really? Yes. Because I was, because I, I never felt like a, a believer of Jesus and shit. And I was like, so how, how, how do I know that there's a God? And, you know, we knelt on my bed and you were like, pray with me, Jess, and you'll feel it. And we prayed. You were like, don't you feel that? And I didn't. I doubt it. But uh, kudos for trying. Um, <laughs> especially after whooping my ass. <laughs> uh, but point being that, uh, I don't know, what was the point there? Oh, that was one of one of my transgressions. And, uh, oh, the, the rap music. So after this experience, I literally, because I, I was a fan of Eminem, and rappers uh, other than him, Tupac and Biggie, the, the classics, but mostly Eminem, who was the dirtiest of all time. Kid Rock, too, who I think you've come to be a fan of probably at this point. He I at least appreciate probably... his. Uh, um, I appreciate his. Uh, what do you call it? Conservative ideals. <laughs> no. Um, his belief. And in the Constitution. Okay, fair enough. Well, the music and everything goes. No, it still stands with me. You can't spell crap without rap. <laughs> well, I I went through my uh, I broke CDs, dude. I tried to flush CDs down the toilet. So by the way, talk about how stupid a sixth grader I was. I was trying to flush broken CDs down the toilet. Do you remember this? No. Because did we have to fish them out? I remember having to take. The toilet um, off the floor. Yeah, we're moving the toilet off the floor to. Uh, it was a pen that a pen. I had to get out. I don't remember the pen. Uh. <laughs> I'm lucky that, uh, yeah. But I totally broke up CDs and flushed them down the toilet because I was afraid you were going to whoop my ass over them. <laughs> True story. Right. I'll agree to disagree. Um, like I said, there's things I do different. I know, and this whole this whole deal is not about criticizing you at at all. It's just uh, if you're gonna go through your transgressions about how your father, you know, and and the, and what you did wrong. I mean, these are things that ideally I would do differently. So well, my mom and dad, well. and my eyes, my mom and dad did everything right. That's when you when you take an ad. That's called rose-colored glasses, folks. That's, no, that's just that's when you put it all together. 
Yeah. We're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Yeah. And you take and you look at the big picture and not just pinpoint things that bothered you during times of your life and focus on those negative things. You don't do that. You look at the big picture and then say, what did they do? And my mom did, did everything right. Yes, that's, there were pros and there were cons. And I, Okay, well, that's a very wise insight on it, and I can agree because that's kind of what I got at in the roundabout fashion with you is when it's all said and done, we're sitting here. So can I really complain? Do I really have reason to? I don't think so. So don't take this as a complaint. It's just just well, fun. I'm not. I'm not. Good. Hey, um, I beat myself up more than you guys can. Trust me. Uh, amen. I think I said that to you about my own transgressions uh, to this day, my most recent ones. Didn't I say that? Yeah. No, my goal is to be better than I was. So. Something to the effect of you can't... I, I've been fucking up more than enough lately all on my own and my personal life. And I, I've said to him on the phone is like, you know, the people who are upset with me for what I'm doing wrong, I can't blame them, but they can't punish me half as bad as I punish myself. It's kind of what you're saying. Bingo. But you can't be punishing yourself over shit that long ago. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging. Can't learn if you don't acknowledge, acknowledge. the mistakes. A- absolutely. You have to forgive yourself. Amen. But you have to learn from it. Can't go. Oh. Um there's too many happens too often anyway, in my opinion. Uh, people you need to you need to learn from your mistakes and acknowledge your mistakes and then don't repeat them if you can be done and work on not doing that it's that simple I mean and then and then when you're once you get to that point the next step is forgive yourself for those mistakes you made and I could be wrong I could be right I don't know that's just the way I feel. No, that's so. I was an idiotic piece of you know what. <laughs> I don't uh, know if you got to go that far. Well, I would just say that the mistakes I was referring to were flushing CDs down the toilet because that was a really dumb thing to do. In terms of saying butt fucking though, I don't feel bad about that at all, and I still don't to this day. So I would say my suggestions to parents out there: if you hear your kids say butt fucking. Maybe ask your kid, do you know what that means? Before you whoop his ass over it. Like, do you do you understand what you're saying? Or you, or you do like my mom. <laughs> my mom did when we were kids and wash their mouth out with soap. Well, you don't got to even worry about doing that these days, Dad, because kids are washing their own mouths out with soap. Yeah. Have you seen this shit? Yes. Have you have. seen the Tide Pod shit going on lately? Yeah. What are What are we dealing with in society where kids are... I, I don't... And by the way, we've done away with spankings, Jess. <laughs> I think this goes ba- uh, back to something I was saying long ago, which is why the fuck do we have Tide Pods? You really can't measure your soap in a cup like we silly. have for how long? Yeah. What the? F- what's the point of these pods in the first place? Other than they obviously look appetizing to some idiot and uh, someone turned it into a challenge. So, go figure. Go figure. That's the world we live in these days. Yeah. Pathetic. <laughs> Pathetic. Sorry. It's true. I I don't I don't mind. I don't mind going there. 
Um, Absolutely pathetic. I would say... These people are allowed to vote. I don't know if you saw the meme that I shared today, but it said exactly that. Is Imagine this. The same kids putting Tide Pods in their mouth today are the same people that are going to be voting in our next election. Yeah. That's literally the case. Mm, can't wait. <laughs> the world we live in today, boss. Yeah. So what do you how do you feel? Um Fuck it. There's no there's no nice way to say this, you know. Coming to your tail end of your run, you know. You got more years uh behind you than you do ahead of you. How do you with with what you've observed in your lifetime, how do you feel about the state of the world today and where it's going? Sad. Sad? Very sad. Yeah. That was I'm a, glad I'm not. That was an obvious question. I'm glad I'm not, uh, and I've said it many a time, especially the guys I work with, because now that I'm back in printing, reading the paper, um, seeing the stupidity that, that is just, Rampant. Yeah. Run amok. Run amok. Um, I would be a real angry uh, kid today knowing what is ahead of me. Because mm. it's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. You know, we went from. Um, People talk about Social Security like it's something that I'm going to enjoy in my lifetime. You won't see it. I don't think I'll see it. Yeah. That's why Penny and I did these cottages, because I don't believe we will see Social Security. And that's something that we can do in our later years. Yeah. And it's an income. You know, are we going to get rich from it? Probably not. I never I never believed for one minute I was ever meant to be rich in life anyway, so it is what it is. Still the best life I could ever ask or dream of far as my life goes from the time I was born with the greatest parents in the world oh we get it you're grateful and you got a great life my keep going and sisters <laughs> stellar God you know damn. no serious all the way through his optimism makes me sick I met your mom I got you boys and I met Penn I've had it made in the shade yeah who could ask for more I don't know but it was a very ADD tyrant uh, tirade you went on there so you're saying you're upset with the state of the world. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It is terrible. It's sad. Yeah. Pathetic. But. I think I said pathetic. But your life's too. great. <laughs> My life is great. Yeah. But the world is pathetic. I'm not going to candy coat it. It really is. I mean, you know, you go drive out on the road. We used to take and we get in our 55 Chevy. In El Paso, four boys in the back seat, mom and dad and Julie and Sue in the middle, and cruise to Iowa. And we would we would drive on roads that cruise to would Iowa be from where? El Paso. Oh, okay, sorry. Keep going. And we would drive on the road and for the longest period of time throughout the trip, not see anybody. Yeah. Good luck doing that these days. And now you go for a drive and 
It's nonstop traffic. It's a totally different world. And I'm, I wished I could say that's, I think, no, I don't like that. I'm sorry. It, it, it's, we're. Are you saying the world's overpopulated? I definitely, uh, I'm leaning that way, I guess. Yeah, for lack of better words. So then would you be on board with the, uh, eugenicists of the world, you know, that want to thin the herd. No, no, I'm not on board with that at all. That's something that, uh, that's, that's something that we should leave to God. Well, so then, then what's your solution? I mean, there's too many people in the world. I understand your complaint, but especially, uh, with people reproducing at the rate that they are. And I know that a lot of, uh, for lack of a better word, extreme conservative uh, alt-right alt folks, you know, <laughs> would like to single out certain races maybe for their uh, population production. However, look at like Mormons, dude. They have like five, six kids each. I'm not saying that they're running the world, but <laughs> it's it's not just a certain race or even, if you they, know. If they can... Just people are fucking if, like rabbits. If they can... Um, raise that five or six kids each, families. Yeah. They can raise that family. And then that... And that family is a responsible... But each kid has for, five or six kids each? Well, that, let, let's just stick with responsible. we got too many irresponsible people having kids. All right, all right. So you go with the responsible ones, and you use Mormons, and they're really a good example. Um, they're pretty... They're pretty cool. For the most part, yes, you have your... For the most part. Yeah, but they're able to take care of themselves. They pay for themselves. Taxpayers aren't paying for them. There's some fucked up shit going on in Utah, though, dude. You know? Dude. Um, I mean, there's definitely, like, like child brides and shit. That's not cool. I don't think that... Yeah, well, no, it's not cool. It happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other story. I'm just saying. So you're saying there's overpopulation, but you're not on you board have, with thinning the herd. When you have, what other solution is there? I mean, that's when, the conspiracy I, I, I theorist's with, belief. I disagree with our overgrown government um, creating this welfare state that they're doing. And the more you have, the more you make. And I'm speaking from Stop, buddy. Vance, a guy that I knew in Colorado that worked with me, one of my drivers, and he is telling me out of experience what it's like to be raised on welfare, and he was hell-bent, would never ever be on welfare, and you know what? He was serious about it. I mean, he was, um, did a good job. Came from Detroit. He moved from Detroit, but yeah, his mom was, um, welfare all of her life and sisters were on the system and they just keeps rolling that is not that's what I say is sad it's not that that's the overpopulated part I think is sad if, if everybody was pulling their weight was taking responsibility for themselves you wouldn't you wouldn't see what we're seeing today 
this is where we get into the depths of the conversation that I'm very uncomfortable speaking heavily in because I have been a privileged white boy my whole life. And I have no fucking say in this, I feel like. Like, I I didn't grow up on food stamps. Yeah, we Neither did I. were, I would say, lower middle income, maybe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's yeah. definitely memories I look back on. Like, speak to this. Because the worst memories I could think of. Because I was thinking about this the other day. I go, like, you know you're not... You know your parents didn't have money enough to spend, just like to spend, when you guys went with broken windshields as long as you did? Because <laughs> I remember like you guys having cracked windshields that would go across from one side to the other, up and down, maybe on both cars, but it was like, we can make this last a little longer. <laughs> and I, no, you don't remember this? Yeah, I do. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't that big a deal. It's something to me that, like, I look as a single guy who has no other expense other than myself. I'm like, I would have got my fucking windshield fixed. But you guys obviously had other expenses before the windshield is what I mean. Yeah, that's correct. Priorities. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, well, that's, that's the extent of our impoverished... Uh, you know, state that I could think of. Like other than that, we were great. Everything always. It's 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 called it's priorities. And yeah, you we, we, when 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 someone on welfare is living and eating better than someone not on welfare, that's a problem. Welfare, it shouldn't be a, 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 luck, a luxury. I'm yeah. Sorry. It shouldn't be, here's your credit card, and you go and nobody has a clue. You're able to hide the fact that you're living off of this taxpayer that's busting his butt, and his son is sharing a five-by-six bedroom with his sisters. Um, it shouldn't be that way. It should be it's a, it should be these a are very These are very specific examples. Well, that's something that they've made far too convenient for people to be on welfare. And and, and then and then again, like Vance said, the more you have, the more you get. Yeah. And so we have kids being born that well, they're they're not even being loved. Well I mean that's fair. Look at Detroit. Look at Chicago. You know? These they're not like with you. You go do something stupid like you did and Penny caught you. There was a price to pay. There's a <laughs> lot of kids that don't. Again, we're going to have to disagree on how stupid my actions were as a sixth grader. But anyway. Believe it or not, there's kids that did more stupid things. Oh, believe it or not, I, I believe you. I was one of them. I was really dumb. Don't get me wrong. But if I did something totally stupid, I paid the price. Yeah. As you should. Well, uh, this is a, a interesting turn of topic of conversation, um, but I'd like to turn it around again and, and, and ask you to tell us another memory from your childhood, sir. Yeah, let's get on a more positive note. Yeah, yeah let's do getting, it. We're going down that negative thing. Yeah. Okay, I'm game. Okay, so Tenfold. going back to your childhood, uh, tell us about, you, you mentioned growing up in your travel trailer, how... Uh, tiny it was very you have to have some sort of uh, outstanding memory from that experience yes I do it was Thanksgiving Day 
Okay. Nineteen seventy-seven. Damn, that's a memory, folks. For a dude who can't remember what I just said to him, that's a pretty fucking good memory. Mom and Dad. Um, and Julie and Sue. Mom and Dad wanted to go out for Thanksgiving dinner. And out of the four channels, three channels, whatever you got at that time, we got the channel on our little, it was a TV, I think it was like a 12-inch black and white TV. And Mom and Dad let me stay home because the Miami Dolphins were playing on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, and they beat the living crap out of the St. Louis Cardinals at that time. 55 to, I want to say 17. <laughs> yeah, it was a, that was a great time. I enjoyed that day big time. <laughs> Bob Greasy had a field day. Tore it up. So that's that's your that's your special memory of those. <laughs> you okay? <coughs> yep. Helps to send it down the correct pipe. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to laugh, but choking on, uh, he's choking on my Sevia energy drinks, folks, which, by the way, I highly recommend. I've already done this before, but they're not a sponsor by any means. But what do you think, Dad? I think that they're good. Not bad, right? Yeah. For Stevia flavored. People are like, oh, it's fake sugar. Yeah, it's it's tasty. It's good. It's not bad. It's very good. It's actually supposedly good for your glycemic index. I don't fucking know. I don't know any of this hell shit. I just hear people say st- smart stuff and I imitate them. Um, okay, seriously, in all seriousness, um, the trailer. Uh, now I can't pinpoint a great time that was about living in that trailer. I can't do that. Yeah, pretty pretty tough time. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Pretty tough time, though. Mm-hmm. Um. No, it could have been worse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I went from, you know, the part that sucked most about that Jimmy Carter days was... By the way, the, I got to I gotta totally rewind, folks, and I'm going to just throw a little detail in here, totally unrelated to what we're talking about. This is the most ADD podcast you're going to listen to. But you left out in your Jeremiah story that they brought him in and put him under... Their mom's hair dryer? No, I didn't. You let you you told that? Yeah, I told oh, that. Oh fuck it. Never yeah. mind. Just keep going. <laughs> my mom I left out. My mom came home and saw it. Oh. We had it right there in front of the furnace. Yeah. It was an old farmhouse. And it wasn't ducks like they have today. It was um there was there was like holes in the in the ceiling. Yeah. And that was the heat that was created in the bottom floor, that was where you got your heat from to the top floor. And so every room, you could look down and look into the living room from my bedroom upstairs. Okay. That being said, Mom walked in, and here we are with Jeremiah in her living room, our living room, under her hair dryer. And she thought it was awesome. <laughs> Your boys were doing a good deed. That's it. Okay, well, I uh, got us distracted all over again with the Jeremiah subject. Getting back onto what you were saying is that 
could be worse. Could always be worse. Yep. And how about this for a topic of discussion? Revolver beer. What do you think, Pops? Cheers. I'm impressed with... uh yeah, that was pretty cool. That place when we saw it four and a half years ago, give or take. Okay, there. <laughs> it's pretty pointless to cheers if you don't take a drink, but okay. I uh, so grown. Am, am impressed as well. And we're recording this podcast from Granbury, Texas, where Revolver is from. They're definitely not a sponsor, but I'm definitely a fan. And definitely, definitely, definitely. Sorry, it's a word I abuse. I hear myself say it. I'm like, fucking, definitely. Definitely. I sound like fucking Rain Man, Jesse. But I definitely love them. And I'm happy to see that they have grown and been as successful as they have been in my absence. Glad to see that my lack of being able to support them has not stopped them. I have a toast. Here's to you loving them responsibly. Oh, yeah. Well, here's to that. <laughs> choice alright so let's talk about that um, if we want to get deep sorry I'm, I'm playing with a piece of cat hair on my keyboard if we want to get deep and and uh, uh, confessional uh, for someone who Uh, we could say has been accused of being an alcoholic in the past whether right or wrong by other people right what's it then like dealing with a son who drinks uh, who has an issue with drinking like me I offer you the advice that I've offered you, as I have Daniel, and it's actually advice I offer everybody. You know, if you're going to drink, um, wait until you get home. It's a good place to do it. And then you stay there. Especially, uh, you know, there's just, uh, matter of fact, there's a uh, lady that had to be cut out of her car. Sir, luckily, she survived. Wise County, because um, of a dumb drunk. And that's where, you know, when I say be careful, I don't mean that. I know you're going to drive carefully, and Daniel's going to drive carefully, and Penny and whomever else I'm saying it to. It's the other idiots on the road that, you know, well, just like the one that was going to get her here. I think I told you about that before you came back down, you know. Guy, how in the hell do you take on 144 going to Glen Rose where it's two lanes each way plus a turning lane how do you head on collision somebody you know because you're so wasted and it, this is at like freaking one o'clock in the afternoon totally this woman had two kids she was going to get at daycare <laughs> on her way to pick them up yeah. killed her this stupid ass, unfortunately, lived, but she died. Yeah. So, 
that's where time, the older you get, not only does time heal pain, but it also, if you allow it, you can become more knowledgeable. You know? Pay attention. Knowledge. You learn that things could be worse. You know? Yeah. Can always be worse. Could be better? Yeah. Like Dad would say. Could be better. Could be worse. Um. As far as what people say, I, I don't worry about it. Okay. In some people's eyes, I'm probably still an alcoholic. And I feel like you didn't understand the question, but that's okay. We'll move on. Again. No, it's okay. We'll move on. <laughs> okay. Um. I probably should have said I don't want to talk about it, I guess. I don't know. You know, I, I, like I said, I've... No, it's fine. Um, it, so, Travis Street Cottages. Yes. Well, you probably went poop. I don't know. Um, tell us about that. Uh, obviously, I was heavily involved at the beginning of that process that you were and then not so much the last few years in which you guys have become pretty self-sustaining for lack of better words for starting out uh, yeah we're doing pretty good can't complain he's like is he at the door no on the entertainment thing Oh, uh, he's just trying to get in there. Um, no, I couldn't ask for more. You know, it, it, God has been extremely, we've been blessed. I mean, we opened up a year, year and a half ago, and if we'd have went and been packed, then we wouldn't be able to continue with what still has yet to be done. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, it's just been a steady uh, deal. I mean, right now we're slow. We're learning where where our periods are. And, but yeah, there was uh, during the summer, every weekend, literally. And okay, uh, but I'm saying, what did it take to get to that point, bro? I'm saying, go back to the beginning. Patience. Oh, for fuck's sake! You and I cleaned the property up. Yeah, we did. The real estate company claimed they hauled seven dumpsters away of trash. Um, we proceeded to haul two more dumpsters away. Um, remember, remember the carpet in the Duke? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you and Derek. I, I didn't do shit. That was Jeremy. That was Jeremy and Derek. Jer no, that was Jeremy. No, Derek. That wasn't Derek and Jeremy. <laughs> were both there. Derek we helped. The carpet out. It was Jeremy. All right. <laughs> Bottom line. Not trying to take any credit away, Derek. I you helped as much as I did. It was Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was it was it was pretty pretty uh, uh, neglected, nasty. Mm -hmm. Call it what you want. You know that's that's 
where stupidity run amok, you know, kind of like here. And uh, it's sad because it was the history behind that property is amazing. Stick horses, you know. For the record, anybody wants to know, go to Mangold Stick Horse Toy Factory. Yeah, for anyone who wants to know, we can just show them. Yeah, just show them. Um, it's, it's, uh, Sorry, factory. folks. I know it's probably loud. Oh, there it is. Mangold Toy Company. Um, but it was... Youngsters love horses. Rare indeed is the young Texan whose imagination doesn't work a little faster when he sees a galloping steed on a TV or movie screen. For the very young, and for the city kids who can't have real horses, the next best thing is a stick horse. Because through a trick of imagination, a stick horse can become old trusty paint that is ridden off into the sunset. Or on a stick horse, the rider can be a heroic knight in shining armor, protecting a damsel in distress from her cruel captors. In the battle for the fair lady's hand, the stick horse can become a white charger in the vivid imagination of the young. Stick horse might also become a cavalry mount in an Apache raid, or an outlaw bucker at a championship rodeo. The versatile stick can become large, small, any color or temperament to fit its owner's whim. J.C. Mangold, with his parents, Mr. and Mrs. R.P. Mangold of Granbury, near Fort Worth, have been supplying tots with stick horses since Mrs. Mangold made her first one commercially in 1942. That year's production was 200. Over a half million were shipped out last year. The business began in the back room of their home. Today, the factory employs 75 people. Stick horses, quite naturally, begin with a stick. Ordinary pine dolls are transformed into black beauties and smokies. Vinyl plastic sheeting from large rolls is laid out and cut into eight-inch strips, just the proper width for stabbing into horses' heads. During World War II shortages, the Mangold family helped keep children mounted by using everything from oilcloth to leatherette for the horses' faces. Each head takes about 150 square inches of plastic. Every stick horse worth riding must have a bridle and reins constructed of plastic cord. Then every bridle must have a bell. The small bell is affixed with a rivet right where the bridle attaches to the bit. While the bridle is being made, odd-shaped pieces of plastic are receiving a painted design that will transform them into the pleasant faces of trusty steeds. The face and harness are applied by a silk screen process. Paint is squeezed through a design in the silk screen directly onto the plastic. After the paint is dried, the right and left sides of the head are sewn together. Between the two halves, in just the proper place, are stitched two perky plastic ears. Then comes the bridle. Some stick horses are bad about losing their harness, but not the mangold breed. Their bridles are sewn on tight just as is the shaggy cotton mane. At this 
point, before it is stubbed, each head is closely inspected for any irregularities which would mean rejection. Most heads pass the test because the employees are experienced stick horse seamstresses who know all there is to know about stitching together a thoroughbred pony. Then the heads are given a full quota of brains made of Texas-produced cotton fiber. The head stuffing machine used was recently developed by the manufacturers. Sticks are painted twice. The first coat is a solid color, over which a swirling pattern is applied for added appeal. At the end of the assembly line, the stick finally meets the head. It is assumed that every horse is in for some rough riding, therefore each head is securely fastened onto its stick. At this point, most horses are pronounced ready to ride. However, there is a deluxe model now being bred at the Mangold stables. It comes complete with a padded western saddle. This model is for the tenderfoot who doesn't ride bareback. Once primarily a Christmas item, today the stick horse is a year-round toy. The factory will produce and sell three-quarters of a million horses this year. This is quite a record for an industry which began in a cottage. Thanks to an enterprising hobbyist who made a successful business out of what she enjoyed doing, children everywhere are riding their own Texas-made ponies. A horse that can change to suit the rider's fancy, but always a safe and trusty steed for small fry. All right. And so... No. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, that was perfect. That was, that was pretty perfect. Because that was a good way to test out my whole, uh, you know, YouTube stream. Hope we don't get kicked off YouTube for playing another YouTube video. But being that that's, I think that's pretty much proprietary at this point. It's an old ass advertisement video. It doesn't belong to anybody. I own the factory. <laughs> and you own the factory now. But um, that is what it used to be. It used to be the Mangold Stick Horse Factory. Actually, at one point, that was back in... During World War II, she employed 67 people. Wow. Yeah. They were producing three-quarters of 750,000 stick horses a year. Um, Where are you getting those stats from? Uh, history. <laughs> Actually, I think it said it on that commercial. It probably did. I'm just, I'm just wondering where you got your stats from, and I like your answer. History. It's like when you used to tell me shit as a kid, well, because I said so. Oh no! But uh, I'm going by what I've been taught. But no, it's it's uh, it's really cool to uh, be able to save. Um, rumor has it that uh, the the place was in such bad condition, the city wanted to tear it down. So, well, you know. the place next door certainly was, and no, I'm sure gone. you could speak to. Hopefully, it's you could gone. speak to that better than you spoke to the work that we did on the place. <laughs> If you can't, I will. So, ladies and gentlemen, the place next door where my aunt currently resides was... Wicked. Wicked. Nah, wicked's not apt. Grotesque. Disgusting. Disgusting. Still not vicious enough. Wicked. It, uh, yes. I, I could not walk in the front door without gagging. Put it that way. 
And when you walked into one room of this place, literally one step into the room, and the entire floor, which was pretty much nothing but maggots and flies. Am I wrong? Am I no, lying? No. Am I exaggerating? No. When you would take one step into the room, the floor, or what looked like the floor, took flight because it was actually a floor of fucking flies. Yeah. Ugh. It was pretty disgusting. No, I'm ready to fucking throw up thinking about it right now. It was... It's gone. It's all gone. It's all gone. It's all gone, he said. It's been cleaned up. Yeah. That's you all take, you have to say? You take that... Uh, That's all you have to fucking say? You take that stupidity... Ah, oh, Jesus. And get rid of it. See, this is why I wanted to get you drunk before we did a show. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, oh, what? You want me to say how bad it was? It was horrible. The only thing I could say was that bathroom door that we have. No, I want you to say it's gone. I want that it's to be gone. all you say. It's gone. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Remember we there was that big old People. metal beam I wanted to save? This is how brilliant they were. Let's go here. Remember, Chris was the guy tearing it down, right? Yeah. And there was that big meat beam in the garage that I wanted to save. Yeah. I, I don't know what I was going to do with it. But it was a big fucking metal beam. Yeah. And we went to watch football, Jeremy and Derek's. Mm-hmm. And we came home, and the place was demolished. Mm-hmm. And when we left, he was tearing the shingles off of the roof. Because he wanted to save all that roof. But when we got back, it was demolished. And he came that next day, and he said, I'm sorry, but, you know... By the time three-quarters of the day went by, and he still had a... There was seven layers of shingles on that roof. <laughs> and it was he was losing his butt, so he just demolished it. Metal beam and all. Yeah. Uh, that's what... Uh, yeah, that's the stuff we came behind. Which is really... Well, just like you were describing in the very beginning, you're behind your... Uh, Dishwasher, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found in there reproductions of ancient Roman coins. I found um, <laughs> yeah, it's not there we go. I found Masonic material, right? Mm -hmm. What was the giant board I found with the star? You, you guys hopefully still have it. I mean, that was some that was some deep Masonic shit. <laughs> there, I found a guy that uh, was a Mason, and I gave all that to. Oh fuck! He was thrilled to have it. I bet he was. <clears throat> what am I going to do with it? I'm not a mason. No, but of course he's happy to have it, because that's shit that they don't want us having, sir. God dang, Dad. Doggone it, Jess. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, glad I put it in safe hands. No, I just gave him them, all those stars. Mm -hmm. That was all I gave him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to give it to Pat. That's what we kept them for, to give to Pat. Mm-mm. No? Okay. Okay. Well... Well, you should have told me you wanted to keep them. I'd have kept them. I... 
believe I did, but Dang that's it. besides the point. All right. All right. When you're tearing buildings down, and those are in that building, you ain't got much room for everything to go in another building. You gotta pick and choose. Do we keep refrigerators and freezers or stars? See what I'm saying? That was a good, good compromise. I appreciate your choice. I mean, that refrigerator, that'd go great in Brooklyn's office. So she thinks. <laughs> she sure seems to think so. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay. Well, if... Um... You don't have anything more to share on on our uh, getting to Granbury initially. I'll go ahead and say that when we first got here, uh, the house was haunted. Would be a, I feel, best way to describe it. There was a haunting presence in this household, which I later began to associate with the Mangolds, which is why that video has become a bit of a a bit of a go-to for us in describing to people the history of the place. Yeah. Because I found that video. You also found an original stick horse. I also found an original stick horse, but that came after the video. Right. Because it wasn't until the video that we understood what the fuck this place was. We didn't have a clue. No, you found all that out. So I got to... Texas in July of 2013. Correct. Early part of July. And I got to see the 4th of July in Seguin, Texas with my aunt Sue. It was awesome. And I, on the way down to Seguin, which is South Texas, near San Antonio, hour out of San Antonio, I made a stop through Granbury. So it was it was quite the trip with Dexter, my compadre at my side. Uh, saw a Shopco, which I didn't know still existed. I think going through Abilene or um, Amarillo, maybe? I don't know. But just outside of the wind farms, which if you go through Texas, come towards Granbury from Colorado headed towards Fort Worth, you'll go through an hour worth of wind farm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, there's a, we, we'd have an insert, Shopco insert, Comanche. Um, Either way, I didn't know Shopco still existed because they definitely went bankrupt in Colorado. Yeah. Or they pulled them all out they, of Colorado. They just pulled out, yeah. yeah. They still exist. We're still insert. And so, um, I think it's, um, I keep thinking. But so I find a Shopco, and we stop, and we keep going, and then we hit Granbury. So I got to stop through Granbury on my way down to see my Aunt Sue, and I fell in love with the town because I stopped at the city beach, which is right off of the town square, where the lake was depleted at the time. But I still hadn't showered for days at that point. I was living out of my car. (laughs) 
so gross as it may have been, I went into the lake and people were looking at me like I was a fucking weirdo because I'm swimming in a a low, low lake. It's probably not very clean, but it was cleaner than I was at that point, I'm sure. And I got back in my car and I drove down to Seguin, which was another six hours, four, five four. hours. About four hours. Yeah, that's where I saw the 4th of July. So after that, came back up Speaking here. Which I need to go down and see Sue. Hi, Aunt Sue. So I come back up here to basically look after the place because while you guys were finalizing the deal, what was the issue? There, there was people breaking in to the Duke and also into the house. Remember the door was kicked in? Yeah. On the back side of the house. That door had been kicked in. Because it had been there. vacant for how long? Right. Well, it was a, it was a um, repo. Um, I'm, I don't know how long. I don't think they ever let us know that. Dexter. Dexter. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, I don't know how long it was vacant. I really don't. I, I know a couple of years anyway, but... It was. You're on the camera. You're on the keyboard. Yeah. Yourself. No, poor Nick. Oh. It was several years. A couple, two, three years. A couple, two, three years that it was vacant. Yeah. And so then. But then people were like, you know, there was squatters. Yeah. And the Duke, we know that they're putting cigarette butts out on the wall, cigarettes out on the walls and stuff. Um, Which luckily all the cigarette burns in the carpet. Luckily, they could have been a lot worse. Yeah, they could have been. All things considered, exactly. Like they could have really fucked up that place. Correct. Like consider it squatters. Mm-hmm. All things considered, the cigarette butt thing was kind well, of since you didn't know. Enough, but I mean, you know, a person could go in there and hang out and and driving by it, you wouldn't know what was in there because it was so overgrown. Yeah. The people that lived there prior thought it was really cool to make it look like. Um, the monster's house, you and, know? And so to my point, when I got there, technically you guys didn't own it yet. But we knew that there were people fucking with the property, so I technically lived there illegally for a little oh, while. No, Vic let the police know that you were there. Did she? Yeah. Oh, of course. Aunt Vic being <laughs> a former... Major. Major. In the Sheriff's Department. In the Sheriff's Denver. Department in Denver. Yep. So a former m- major in the sheriff's department, of course, she was like, "Oh, by the way, my nephew." Yeah, no, she did. But I, I didn't, didn't even. If you see him, it's okay. If I knew that, I would have fucking slept in one of the cottages, bro. I pitched a tent. If I would have known that shit, I would have been in one of the cottages. I don't think you had keys. I could no, you but I could have at least, dude. I would have found a way in, and I could have at least lived in the luxury that the squatters did, as opposed to a tent outside. Which it leads me to my story. Which is my first night there. Ooh. Oh, he says. Oh. Ooh. Raccoons. You're being attacked by raccoons. What's with the ghost her? sounds, bro? This ain't Scooby Doo. <laughs> I find it interesting. Suddenly, some motherfucker has something to say. Suddenly, he's got something to say. Remember that? Yeah. Well, I called what Penny? I thought I talked to Penny, didn't I? You and Dexter were being surrounded by raccoons. So first night there. Pitch the tent in between. People don't know, so they're not going to be able to see. But, hey. It doesn't matter. It won't show. Oh, it will. Um, take it away. 
it was it was overgrown. It was like uh, I know when Penny and I first went and looked at it. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon that we went, and I parked at the end of the driveway, and we started walking around the house. And it was like walking through the wicked forest on the Wizard of Oz. It was creepy. Mm-hmm. It was scary. Okay. Okay. And now you can see everything. It's clean. Yep. And that's good enough. That's all I needed. That's all I needed from you, good sir. Because what I was going to do is go ahead and show the people what I'm talking about. Which if we zoom out here, you can see Travis Street Cottages, which is the business that we're talking about. Well, in between right here where my cursor cursor circling, which is uh, an overhang, a metal overhang off of the house, mm-hmm. a.k.a. a garage. And what was here, well, actually, what is, what is still there in this picture is this garage. So in between these two, before you had a fence here, I went ahead and I pitched a tent right here where my cursor's circling. For those of you uh, listening that can't see, there was in between the house and in between the bushes along this garage an opening where... At the time, it was so overgrown, and at the time right here, they had a bush overgrown so big, it was taller than the house, right, mm-hmm. that we ripped out with the car. Yep. And I could pitch a tent right here and not be seen from any direction because the trees here blocked me off. It was so overgrown over here at the time, all four sides. So I pitch a tent thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. No one's going to see me here. No one's going to know. Like you said, it was like the Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Forest. No, but your Aunt Vic did let the police know. Well, they didn't let the raccoons know because first night I'm pitched up in this nice tent. Dexter, who uses the toilet, didn't have a toilet to go in, so he's using the litter box. And I'm sure that was a big no-no because the scent. Mm, Yeah. I don't know what time, but it definitely was pitch dark. Definitely, definitely was pitch dark. (laughs) And, well, what? The electricity was off to the place at the time. So all the outdoor lights weren't working. So it is as dark as it can get. Yeah. That's correct. And we start hearing... I, I can't describe the noises or imitate them, but... Look at how many I relocated. Almost like a monkey? Yeah. And starts circling the tent. And we can hear him scratching on the tent. And Dexter's fucking tripping on my lap, going, Well, I'm not ready for this. I was not prepared for this. Circling the tent. And so I start just like screaming and banging on the sides of the tent. Banging on the sides of the tent. And they leave. I slowly unzip the tent. And I stick my head outside the tent. And you can see their eyes in the night. And I had a flashlight on my phone. I was flashing my phone. I'm flashing outside the tent, and I can't see. And then up on the roof, I flash my light. And up on the roof of the house, I see about six eyes glaring back at me. I'm like, ah! (laughs) I'm a fucking Colorado kid. I never saw a raccoon live in my life. I I saw a raccoon once in Costa Rica with mom. Once. Digging out of a trash can. But I never dealt with them. And these eyes bearing down on me, I was tripped. I get back in the tent, zipped it up, and I called you guys, and I was like, I can't stay here. (laughs) 
That's yeah. a that's a testament to what a pussy I am, folks. I was overgrown like mad. I relocated. I can't remember how many raccoons. Really, try to count. Try to count. Just try. If I had to put a number on how many I witnessed you or did with you. I'm going to say nine. I was going to say seven. It's possible nine. Not counting possums. I relocated. Golly gee. I'm going to say at least five or six possums. Um, if not more. Five or six sounds accurate. See, I don't know how many you released after me, but I remember at least seven. seven oh, maybe I was exaggerating in my count, but I thought at least nine. Raccoons. It's possible. I never did. How many skunks? I caught. Caught a skunk. Um, there was the time that I came home, and you and Penny and I were sitting out back there talking. Mm-hmm. I got home from FedEx, and we're sitting out there talking, and I had just had the cage sitting next to the grill. Oh, I and remember this. It was open. And you're you're talking away and Penny's like, I think he caught a cat. <laughs> and we look and it's like That's not a cat. Uh Mayday, Mayday. That's not a cat. That's a skunk. I have a video of that. Dang. The thing is, is you were only probably four or five feet from it, you know? Obviously, it didn't feel too terribly intimidated because it would have sprayed us, you know. It was a friendly skunk. So we were able to drag it out in the middle of the driveway with my tow rope. And then propped the door open just a little bit with the brick. And little fart was able to squeeze out and go about his merry old way. Yeah. <laughs> And then I caught it again. Not the same one. I don't know if it was or not, but I did the same thing. It was nice to me. It didn't spray me, and I was able to prop the thing open. But then I couldn't just let it sit open anymore. I mean, well, there's no food or anything in there. You'd think it would. Why would it go in there? Why would anything go in there? Because skunks are stupid. Because they're. And, I think they're. Are they not blind? I don't know. Or what is it? I think they're. They don't see very well, and they go yeah. off scent, which this is why be. they spray a nasty scent. And they're always, that's when you, when you see them, all they're doing is going up and sniffing stuff. That's how they lead their path. They're along corners. Yeah. I don't know. That's. I don't know. All I know is, either. yeah, the wildlife. It's probably wildlife that, experts um, screaming at us right now. Like, fucking idiots. No, it's not at all. <laughs> no, we, 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 um, the, the possums, um, we don't have any of that no more. I mean, that's one thing about what happens when you clean a property up for what it's worth and you keep it clean. Um, all that, that, What's up, bro? those dirty varmints or whatever, you know, they tend to uh, not hang around as much. Which is the goal with this place that well, we're yeah. currently uh, sitting in, that I reside in, my home. Yep. It's just to you get it cleaned up, clean it up, seal it off. And that should take care of itself. It should. It sure should. Um, hmm. Thinking tonight's 
PETA is going to scream at me for this one. I shot a raccoon in the face with a BB gun. Remember that story? Mm. That's. I don't know if I shot him in the face. No, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, with my hand. I had a hand BB gun oh, okay. at the time. And I was on the phone with you. You guys were still in Colorado. And it, it was when I had gotten into the cottage. Well, if it's going to attack you, you have to shoot it. Well, it wasn't. I don't know. but You don't know? I, don't, I didn't know, and I didn't trust Dexter, who... It's called fear. Who, by the way, Dexter, who is the biggest pussycat in the world, he goes and hides under the bed when people he doesn't know come to the door. But yet, remember the story of, like, a cat came up and, and the... Oh, the old man. In the Texas night... Yeah, the old man. In the Texas night, in the middle of the spring, there's nothing better than leaving the windows open. Sleeping with the windows open and you got the breeze and the spring air. It's delicious. It's delicious, folks. And I'm doing that. In the middle of the night, I wake up to... And I look up out of bed and my screen's missing out of my window. And Dexter is gone. Well, who is the old man? Um, I'm not sure. He was uh, he was the tomcat that owned the property, or at least the the rights to it, as far as animals go. Because any cat that came, I know there was a little a cat like Dexter that came, and we love we love the cats. I mean, you know, gee whiz, they're gonna we have one now that's. Uh, not doesn't hesitate. He used to walk the driveway. Yeah. When we'd be there in our porch, and now he walks right by where the old well is at. He knows that we're not gonna hurt him. He's kitty kitty kitty. Say you know, and he goes on by. It's not kind of come up to us like Snowflake would do. Snowflake was absolutely precious. Bro, who was the old man? Old man was a cat that wouldn't let all any other cats come on the property unless they were female because they were the, and here he's acts like he's all injured with that one leg, you know. Mm-hmm. And remember him walking? You remember him? Mm-hmm. It's like, poor guy, you feel so bad for him. But there was one night, him and this cat were getting ready to fight. And it's like, uh, no, guys, uh-uh. You can both be here. It's big enough property. So I went out there and separated them, right? Doesn't work that way. It didn't work that way. No. They were separated by about uh, 30 yards. Yeah. And it's like, I go back, and next thing I know, the old man who limps everywhere he goes, shoots after that cat. Yep. Climbs the tree after that cat. <laughs> he ain't hurting at all, all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> it's crazy what, yeah, that was his territory, and he didn't want any other males there. And um, I don't know if you remember Sophia, the little black and white one, she had the kittens. Yeah. We go and name the one Tex, and yeah. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, those the female cats, the old man was okay with Tom. Tom but. All right, well, if I can con- quickly conclude my story before you continue, the point of the story was that old man came up to the window oh, yeah. in the middle of the night. Dexter was like, fuck you, old man. He busted out the screen and chased after old man. And I ended up running out, freaked out with my window missing, not knowing where to find Dexter, found him and old man tangled up behind the shed luckily Dexter didn't have any cuts anything on him but he chased old man off I was gonna say he's beating the crap out of the old man I was he's holding his own I was yeah I was impressed yeah. I was like man for a pussy you got you got some skills sir has some balls yep I didn't chop them all off apparently now 
back to the residents of the Travis Street Cottages, you have, who do you currently have? Just the one cat. Just the one? Yep. That's sad. We just got the one cat. Was it Bobby Joe? I'm sorry, we shouldn't be naming Tommy. names, but <laughs> that was taking care of all the cats? Tommy. Okay. She's a sweetheart. She's a sweetheart. She's a, she is a sweetheart. She's the one when I was. She's the one I hear at six in the morning going, what, you, what was the name? JR. <laughs> JR! <laughs> yeah, JR, JR. Um, she's an old lady. She's a sweetheart. Um, loves, loves taking care of. Okay, and she still does. Yeah, she still puts uh, food out and stuff. Oh, that'll be mean. Two years. So, um, yeah, she actually came up and talked to me the other day. Came up on the porch and knocked on the door. Ring doorbell, I should say. Um, just cluing me in on a neighbor. But anyway, um, yeah, but, uh, Tommy, she... Uh, Dexter. No. Um, she was the one... One of the first people that came and talked to me when I was cleaning the front part of the property, taking all that fence down. Yeah. Sure looking good. If you need any help, just let me know. I'll help you. I don't mean for pay. It's like, yeah, I was off the street. Yeah, and definitely don't want to ask an old lady for help. But she was, there for a long time, she was doing. She was a sweetheart, though. Yeah, Penny wants to get her a case of cat food. That's fair. Yeah. You give her a case of cat food. You'd probably get away with giving cats. her. You'd probably get away with giving her, you know. Uh, I don't want to say the cheap shit. I don't want to sound like a dick, but you don't got to buy her the top of the top either. She's no. feeding it street cats. So no, no. no, just give her a case of cat food. Like, tiki, like the stuff I would use. Tiki cat food is um, good, cheap. The stuff I'd use for catching the. Don't use what you'd use. What you possums. use is poison, bro. Yeah, that's bad. Don't use dollar store cat food. That's. <laughs> I hate to be a dick. Don't. What do you think she's using? Probably that. Mm, I don't know. Probably, most likely. Anyway, I don't know. Boom, boom. But it's been a very interesting ride, to say the least. It's been a journey. Journey. What do you? Um, I obviously have went back, forth, to, fro, and uh, I have a whole podcast worth of reasons why I love each place. What, for you, is the most... prominent uh, reason for for choosing Texas over Colorado. I understand that there's a lot of political reasons and uh, um, economic reasons and, and obviously the business itself. Maybe that's your reason. Being able to start a business with the amount of money that you did, you wouldn't have been able to do the same thing in Colorado. But for you, personally, what is the biggest... I know family at one point may have been in that answer. I don't know if it is anymore. What would you say? 
It's that question. Family's important. Um, Texas is important. I have always wanted to come back to Texas. It's something that I always wanted to do. Um, circumstances being what they were wasn't much of an option regardless. Why is Texas important? I like Texas. Okay. It's a prideful state. You know, you drive throughout Texas and you see a lot of Texas flags. Um, I don't know if that's a great reason to like it, though. Saying it's prideful. It's unfortunately, it's being, you know. Um, but can it's I? Being, it's being um, attacked. Unfortunately. I, I, I look back on a George Carlin bit. Which, granted, he was a comedian, so not everything he said was to be taken literally. Okay. However, he talked about pride as something interesting to him because why would you be proud of something by default of birth? You did nothing to earn that. So what makes you proud of that? To which I look at Texans, or I look at my Texan pride, and I'm like, well, I earned it because I came to Texas you know, I went out of my way and I came back again. I'm proud to be in Texas. I'm proud to be a Texan. I'm not trying to take away from Texans that were naturally born. And definitely it contradicts itself when I look at people who are moving to Colorado. I'm very irritated with all of a sudden Colorado has this Colorado pride sort of thing going on. So when you say, well, there's a lot of Texan pride. It's a proud state. Respectfully, I don't. I don't look at it as some. I don't look at that as a good reason to be. I don't know. I just. I, well, I want to get to the uh, physical part. Well, let me let me finish my point with Colorado. This is something Mom could attest to. As I said, when I moved back to Colorado, I'm seeing the Colorado flag more than I've ever fucking seen it in my life. And I told you the same thing, right? Go so far as to the uh, as to see the CSU Rams. The Fort Collins College, State College, had for one month a Colorado Pride uniform where they had the Colorado flag on their uniforms and on their arms, and it was something you'd never seen before. I'm like, why? And news article after news article and news article telling transplants how to be a Coloradoan. Coloradan. And uh, so the whole Colorado Pride thing. Like, I'm seeing Colorado go down this pathway that Texas has clearly been on for a long time. It's the whole pride thing. I don't you know. know. So, anyways. The difference between Texas and Colorado is Colorado is going to end, and Texas it doesn't. <laughs> okay. You know, come on. Cheers to that. Touche. Um, another big difference is um, check these fingers out. What do you see? See if uh, are you want me to point out your fucked up finger? No. Okay. No, it's no cracks. Oh, the humidity. Yeah, and it's dry here right now. It it's is wicked dry right it now. It is. Ugh, it stinks. But it's still better in Colorado. Still better in Colorado. <laughs> that day that I went up there and we hauled butt out of there. Yeah. What just with my nose? A few days, right? That was one day. Yeah. Up back. When I arrived in Colorado, I was hit with a, in, in a way that I didn't experience. When I came to Texas, 
didn't experience anything like that. When I came back to Colorado, it was a fucking shock to my nervous system oh, <laughs> and my, my sinus system. Um, yeah, I don't get it. And then, of course, top it all off, you have, as I'm sitting down there. But we're, we're picking off little small reasons. So when I ask you, what is your reason, your biggest personal reason, that's it? The pride? I that's love, all you got to fucking say? I love Texas country music. <laughs> you know, B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. <laughs> B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. Yeah, I like Texas music, you know. Okay, okay. All, All right. we need is a 10 and a 5 and a car and a key and a sober driver. I like toadies. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. I like toadies. Yeah, toadies. That's toadies good Texas good. music. No, it, um, I don't know. You know, it's it's something that I, I wished I had to come back more than I did. Anytime you and I and Daniel came, it was a blast going all the way down to mom and dad's. You know, um, so we would the we would come and visit you, your parents, my grandparents, every year. Other every, every other year, year, every year. It was every year up to a point, but it was a short point. It wasn't every year for long. It was every year up until at least not that I remember. Yeah, it was every year. I'm saying of my conscious memory. So, right. Okay. Well, you were little. Yeah, exactly. Daniel can tell you, and tell and I'm saying after year. the divorce. Then it wasn't every year. Yeah. Regretfully. Which my memory starts basically at the age of six talk or about, seven. Talk about uh, an area where I want to beat myself up. That was one. That's one of them in life. I didn't come down and see mom and dad near. I should have said. Get packed. We're going. Yeah. Yeah, you should have. I, I hate to, I hate to, uh, I wish I could tell you not to beat yourself up over that, but no, I'm just joking. <laughs> don't, don't beat yourself up over it because it is what it is. Can't be changed, but I wish you would have done that. I do. Yeah. Um, hey, we would, we would come though. And those were some of my most precious memories of my childhood or some of the memories that I have in Texas. Uh, some of the memories I have at my uncle Steve's. Yeah. Daniel enjoyed himself. Yep. And then the divorce occurred. And I always tell this to people because it's what I understand to be true. You wanted to leave. And if you would have had your choice, I'm sure it would have been Texas. Correct. Um, I think I even still have a note from which you wrote at one point and obviously never followed through with, which you said you were leaving. So, what, as a, as a father, obviously you have a heavier responsibility, but being, um, was it a burden? being tied to the state of Colorado because of your two kids? Be honest. And don't don't bullshit. This is why I was trying to get you drunk before the show is because I don't want I don't want your bullshit everything's great. No, life doesn't. is awesome. Optimistic answer. Because as much as I appreciate that shit, I, and I do appreciate that shit. Dad, it's shit. No, Keep it real. No. 
I remember um, when we built we built that house on Verena Court there. Picked that spot for a reason. Fortunately for us, it stayed the same for the twenty years that almost twenty years that we lived there. Um, but speak to prior to that point. What made you stay? Was it boys. Penny? Huh? Was it Penny? No, it was your voice. Okay. I'm just and curious. then I got to know Penny. And then um, Penny and you boys. So, no matter what, this is where I was meant to be at the time. You know what? We have... But so then, answer... It's, 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 our life is a path, Jess. I understand. Can't, can't say... Um, it, it, if it weren't for the path, you boys, then I would never, never got to know Penny. It was all meant to happen for a reason. There's only one that knows why, and you know, just be thankful for it. Was it a burden? No. To stay in the state, because no. if it were up to, as I understood it no you guys would have left sooner it was not a burden it was not a burden at all it was it was a different state way back then as well you have to realize 20 years ago there was a there was still a gap between loveland and the interstate you know there was still a gap between um johnstown and the interstate it was it was it was we picked johnstown because it was what a measly 2,000 people, and then here by the time I leave, uh, it's 20,000 people or something of that nature between that Johnstown and Millican. The growth, that was the burden, not the state, not, no, it wasn't bad at all. Absolutely no regrets. My only regret is I didn't go and visit my mom and dad more often than I did. And that is, um, is and will be something I have to live with. So, um, I don't know. Nothing I can do about it now. Well, I live here. I like it here. I really love the fact that my fingers aren't cracking open and by the time I get this crack healed, another one crack happens and so forth and so on. I uh, appreciate you answering that uh, inquiry because I have a lot of interest in the impact that me and my brother had on you, both, both yourself and our mom's free will, for lack of a better way of putting it. You know, what would you guys have done if you weren't uh, you know, um, tied to and uh, stuck, for lack of a better word, stuck with this responsibility of this other human being, two other human beings? What would, what, what would you have done? Because I look at the decisions you guys were making at that age and like I was saying, trying to put myself back in y'all's shoes. At, at, at this age, 
making those decisions, um, I don't know if I would have made the same ones. So kudos for your, your, uh, thanks. Thanks for sticking around, I guess, you know, <laughs> for what it's worth. Yeah. Might not seem like a big deal to you, but I, I read that note and I, it was very real, uh, your reasons for leaving. And I understood because your parents were here. Your whole family was here in Texas where almost, almost your whole family, most yeah, of your family. Really yeah. There were a few scattered. <coughs> oh God. That wasn't... <laughs> you got a hell of a cough box, Excuse me. but it really is. Uh... Well, we covered a lot of it with grandma's podcast and moms and, 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 and all across the spectrum, but you loved your grandma's. You loved it. <laughs> oh, that was great. You came as a product, though, of, of those decisions. You, if it were up to you, would have stayed in Texas. Am I wrong? Um, so for you to give up. Depends. Coming back and sticking around. At what time? Before I was born. Texas? Before you were born? Um, um, we were coming back to Texas. There was a misunderstanding. Working at Texaco? Your grandma, God bless her, Yeah. was a little confused. The way it worked was she was thinking Don was living there when I was in Texas. And what happened was your mom and Daniel and I moved to Texas before Daniel even turned, before he was even a year old. Um, we moved to Texas and I was working with dad at Texaco. And we didn't have... We didn't make much money at all. I didn't, and your mom and I were strapped. And uh, plus, I was a know-it-all punk. And if I'd have <laughs> just listened to my dad and done things the way my dad wanted things done, um, I probably could have learned a lot at that point and not wait so long in life. But anyway, that being said, um, I, dad and I, I didn't think I could stay anymore it was punk I was a punk but anyway I called the Tribune and I always did a good job there said I'm gonna be coming back to Mesa and they said well let us know when you get in town you have a job it's like okay so I went back to Mesa stayed with Norm and that's when I slept on your grandma's porch in the lawn chair and the guy that she thought brought my check and she was confused that's where she was confused for starters they don't bring and give checks to somebody that doesn't the person that it belongs to it was a police officer come looking for me because I was accused of a hit and run and really wasn't a hit and run he hit me and bottom line is it was a parking lot deal I didn't have insurance it was that's when it became you got a fine if you didn't have proof of insurance and I didn't have my proof of insurance because I just went down there to, or over there to Arizona and the dude didn't do anything to his truck really it was a Toyota truck mm -hmm. and um, so he took I left and he called the cops and said I hit and ran him well it was obvious with my truck which the cop said when he came to talking your grandma was like He's a good boy. He's a good boy. And the cops like, yeah, I'm not saying he's not. You know, but this is what you know. I wasn't there. Cop find me. 
I go to court, went to court, went to trial, whole nine yards. Have to sit and draw what happened, la 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 la. In the end, judge said, I have no reason to doubt Mr. Gehring's word. Case dismissed. It's over. That's where that guy, that's where your grandma got confused. Was it a cop? It wasn't somebody from my work. Okay. Bring my check. Um, the only person that came from my work to, to uh, my, my home was Tommy Nye. When he came to my mom and dad's home out in Apache Junction. And him and dad sat and bullshitted forever and a day. And he told dad what a good old worker I was, la, la, la. But anyway, um, yeah, that was the, the deal there. And then, but mom, your mom and Daniel stayed with grandpa and grandma while we saved up money to get ourselves a little apartment. And we found ourselves a little apartment. I think it was on Center Street. And then I went and got your mom and brought us back. Okay. That's how that worked. And then we went from there. We were going to, I had to stay there six months. I feel like we're still missing the point. <laughs> I had to stay there six months, and then I was going to be able to come back to Texas, transfer to the Austin Statesman. Okay. So that's what the goal, that's what we were going to do. The goal was to get to Texas. Yeah, and well, okay. but your mom wanted to live in Colorado. And I said, you get a job in Colorado, we'll go there. Well, I'm glad that we cleared up she did. all of that history. I think the original question was, was your goal to stay in Texas? We wanted to be. Okay, there you go. There you go. Answered that question. <laughs> but your mom wanted to live in Colorado, and I said, you get a job there, we'll move there, and she did. Okay. Up to Fort Collins. And you did. 30, I want to say 30, 20. And then she left you. Or something. Uh, six years later, six or seven, and then you stuck around for the kids. Stay together for the kids. And I'm thanking you for that after all this time. Because you had the chance to peace out to Texas and do what your plan was six years before that. Six, seven, maybe eight. Sorry, you guys came before I was born, technically, right? So Yeah, it was way more than six or seven years. It was... Uh, you guys didn't come long before I was born. Come where? To Colorado? Yeah. We moved there, um, what, four or five years before you were born. Nah, Jeez. four. You didn't live there in 84, 86. No, you, no, you didn't. Oh, listen to this. Daniel had his second birthday in Colorado. What year is that? You tell me. That would be November of Bro, 1986. I don't even remember your birthday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I believe you. I believe you. Well. We lived um, we lived up there off of uh, Overland Trail, up by the old stadium. I remember, because I used to sell. Oh. Right off of, <laughs> not too far from that old drive-in theater. Yes, because I used to sell cable up there for a minute, and you told me when I was over there. Yep. The way we used to live over here. No, you showed me the exact place that you lived in. It was a duplex, right? Fourplex. Fourplex. Okay. Lived on the second floor to the left. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Try and carry that piano up them stairs and into that place. Man, oh man. I'm surprised I didn't get my hernia at that time. That's something we're showing the podcast. <laughs> no, no, I'm I think joking. not. I think not as well. So, instead of speaking to your regret of uh, how much you wished you would come around when your parents were still around, speak to the experiences we did have when they were around, because I got a few. It was fun. Mom and dad were awesome. 
and usually my brothers came down about the same time, so we'd have fun. Steve. Yeah, I wished he was here now. We had fun. Do you have a, a best memory you could share from those years? Because I don't remember the majority of them. You don't have anything off the top of your head? Yeah, actually. Um, I remember getting there one time. We were traveling, you and Daniel and I. And I had... Stopped on the side of the road. We were in my truck. Is this when you were driving your blue Nissan? Yep. yep. And I needed to take five. Blue Nissan was a five-seater? Because it had a back seat, right? No, it was just three seats. Just the front seat. It was seat. a bench seat. Just the front bench seat. You were okay. in the middle, Daniel. How many cylinders? Like, describe this truck for people. What year? What make model? Paint a fucking picture, bro. That's what we're doing. Painting word pictures here. It was an I know you're better 80, at this than you're doing. 84 Nissan long bed. It had a camper shell on it. 84 Nissan long bed had a camper shell on it. And you and Daniel and I were coming down. <laughs> and we were coming past when we got past Lyman. Uh, you wouldn't remember this. You were young. But we got past Lyman, and I'm following behind this uh, uh, cattle truck. And this cow took a leak. And Daniel, <laughs> you were too young to remember. You were only about like two years old. And this cow took a leak, and it just sprayed all over the truck. And that was great. <laughs> it was those obstacles were fun, and we and then we and we ended up having a major storm, which washed everything off. Okay, I'm looking more for like the stories when. Anytime we traveled, it was fun. Were you falling asleep at the wheel and Daniel woke you up? No. <laughs> Don't lie. Nope. Then, then what story am I mistaking that for? There was this time when I did pull off the road and we all climbed in the back of the truck. It was hot as hell. And you guys, I don't know, you probably let me sleep. It seemed like 15 minutes. I don't know what it was. It was longer than that. I'm just kidding. Um... But yeah, he woke me up. Said, "Let's go, let's go. You guys are ready to go. You want to get a grandpa and grandma's? You want to get there?" It's like, oh yeah, we kept on trucking. Um, there was one time Daniel and I were by ourselves. We were in my Comet, and it was probably it was we were in the middle of the night, and I pulled off the road to take a quick nap, and I'm sitting there, and I hear Daniel, "Bird, Daddy, bird." <laughs> this is the story I'm bird. thinking of. Bird daddy. Because <laughs> I'm sitting there sleeping away, you know. He's freezing. Because that car shut off and everything. Sleeping in a cold car. Yeah, bird well, daddy, it bird. Cold. It wasn't really that bad, but it was cold. It's like, oh, shit. Turn the car on. Head out. Kept going. That'd be child abuse we these days. We were in days. hill country. Oh, yeah. I'd these days you'd lose a kid like over. years. Yeah. Today, yeah. You know, Libs would have a field day with that. No, he's cool. He's just like, bird daddy. Bird, Eddie Bird. Come on, start that shit. Let's just go. Like, just like, and I, I want to say, I want to say that was the same trip. I want to say it was the same trip to where he was potty trained. Both you and Daniel were potty trained by the time you were two years old. And Daniel. Kind of like my cat. Daniel was potty trained, but it was not long after that. 
two, he was about two years old. And it's like, I had his porta potty. I was taking that. So it's like, wear a diaper and you can go in the diaper, no big deal. You know, well, Daniel didn't have that. But he didn't want same, No, he didn't. And he wouldn't. <laughs> so we're driving along, and Daniel got to go poop. It's like, go ahead and go, son. It's okay. No. I can't even squint and go. We'll stop and wash off. Nope. Nope. I'm like, you will. So I kept on driving. That's fucked up. Now that's fucked up. See, now that's child abuse. Like, that's child abuse. No, I should have went. No, you'll go. Oh, it's. Because it made a good story, is what it was. That's not child abuse. Good story. And. Do you know how many kids poop in their diaper? There's kids that are still three, four years old. I understand that, but your yeah. outlook on it, I love, because that's totally my, I'm hurting. So, my smile's too big. I can't smile big enough for my face. It hurts. So, so anyways, uh, next thing I know, it's, not ow, daddy, it's just a good story. I gotta go, daddy. I gotta go. Ow. And I'm like, okay, now I lose. So we just pull off the road. I get in the trunk. And I pull out his little port, his little trainer seat is what it is, not port, it's a trainer. And I pull out his trainer seat, set it down, take the diaper off, set him on it so he can go to the bathroom. Yeah. And cars are honking as we go by us. <laughs> honking at us as they go by. And Daniel's sitting on the side of the road going number two. But it's not anything you're going to get in trouble for. No. I mean, kid had to go. Uh-huh. And what's a cop going to do? It's like. Yeah, it was, the cop would laugh. Yeah. I think it's cute. No, that's smart kid. It's fucking adorable. That's a smart little boy there. That's you got. adorable. That's tell me. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Oh yeah. I swear. Tell the story about it wasn't under happy circumstances. But the night that we hit the deer. The night we hit the deer. Airborne over the deer. You know what? I tell people that story, and I say, I know you, you probably ain't believe me. People don't believe. I don't know if they believe it or not. Cars have been totaled by deers uh-huh. that size, especially your little Suzuki. Tell me there's not a god. Huh? Let's put it that way. Take it away. Daniel. Take it away. Daniel's driving the car, and I'm sitting there. From where to where? I mean, where where did he take over? I don't recall where he took over, but he was Say driving, it. and we were we were north. We were northwest of Jacksboro on 287, heading southbound, and um, Daniel was driving. You were in the back seat, and your skateboard, I remember, was on the floorboard in the back seat, and um Next thing we know, we come around a corner, and here's these three deer walking pretty much single file. And Daniel had no choice, none at all. There was there was a there was nothing he could do. And trying to make it between the deer, that did not happen. And when we hit the deer, something knocked that thing's legs out from under it. Call me crazy. But bottom line is, is we bounced over that deer like, like you said, a lot of cars would be totaled out. It didn't do jack to my car. I can't call you crazy. 
but we bounced over that thing. Your skateboard went from the floorboard in between the driver's seat and the seat you were in, and my Suzuki is a 96 Suzuki sidekick. It went from that to the back of the truck, the sidekick. Tell me, am I wrong? You're not wrong at all. Okay. So, yeah, we went airborne over that deer, and nothing happened. I remember when we got to Jacksboro, I told Daniel, pull in that car wash. Not only did nothing happen, but was there anything even structural, structurally no. wrong with your car? No. Even a fucking screw out of place? No. A piece of trim? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> um, Which even your bumper would show some sort of... Nothing. Some sort of collision. Nothing. And we got to that car wash so I could see how much damage was done. How fast car. were we going? Dad, something. You, you got to estimate. Probably, we were going on that highway. 60. We were going 60, but when Daniel, he, he tried to slow down, uh-huh. but he couldn't. Slow. He was coming around the corner. He was there. We were going at least at, at the slowest. When we hit it? At the slowest. 45? 40, 45. 40, 45 at the slowest. Be, Daniel will be able to answer that better than me. But yeah. yeah. I was just, you know, there's nothing he can do. Just don't lose control of the car. We yeah. did everything right. He, you know. Yeah. And um, fucking uh, all that years of cruise in San Diego I remember paid getting off. out of the car wash and going and look at the front of my car. And you and Daniel are just both in there going, damn, I wonder what bad, how bad it is. Because we couldn't tell. It was getting dark. No, me and Daniel were, we had our heads down expecting, like getting ready for the worst. Because full disclosure, full honesty. When there was damage and there's something wrong, whether it was our fault or not, you got angry. And it was just yeah. our it was our goal not to be in the path of your anger. Um, <laughs> that, no, I just wanted to get home. That was le- that was legitimate. We were yeah. thinking like, oh shit. Like how wanted... how pissed off is he gonna be? And you weren't you you hosed it off and you were fine. Yeah. No, it, whatever happened, happened. Um it was all I know is I went, damn. And your guys, that's when you guys got out of the car and like, how bad is it? And I went, poor deer lost his life for nothing. And we got in the car and kept going. I remember those exact words. Well, we didn't get in the car and keep going. You hosed it off. Well, you hosed off the the fur and the blood. Because there was that. I mean, there was, there was, there was some blood. Am I wrong? Yeah. And we fucking splattered that deer, dude. Splattered his head and neck or something. Said, what do I do? And I said, "Keep going." I gotta. Yeah, I never made it to mom. She passed away before we got there. But we did our best. Well, and that deer. Yeah. We. But yeah, you tell some of that story, and I'm sure that people go. This guy's trying to sell me on God or something, you know. Bottom line is something knocked that deer out before we hit it. It's that simple. You don't take a deer that stands this tall and go airborne over it and not mess your car up at all. It was laying down when we hit it. You know. So let me propose this to you then. If that is the case, okay. say some sort of higher power okay. had a hand in making sure that deer ducked down and we avoided a collision of catastrophic proportions. What the fuck was the point? 
What did it do? Of what? What was the point of what? Missing a, a collision, a catastrophic proportion. Like you said yourself, we didn't make it to Grandma. So what was the point? None of us got hurt. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate your uh, belief that that was of a higher power. I don't, I don't know, man. I, you I, tell me. I can't. It's an educational guess on my part. I can't say that our uh, well-being is of such importance to a higher power that they made sure a deer ducked down in front of us. I can't personally say that. That's not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I am saying though. I'm just saying. You take that cup right there, and you put it in front of. If you had a toy car. <coughs> I understand what you're saying. I understand the uh, proportions. I just also... Uh, Reenact it right here. <coughs> I also know that unexplainable shit happens every day, dude. And so people want to chalk it up to miracles. To the deer was going to duck under our car. Hey, man. So either the deer dropped itself all right, all right. to try and duck under our car. No, all right. So this is this is where we get into the fun fucking part of this podcast, folks. Because I asked Grandma these questions, and she was not down to budge. And I know you will. Let's talk about ghosts, Dad. What about them? Well, let's start with the fact that after our grandparents' death, I uh, don't want to speak for Daniel, but I think he had some sort of experience. Aunt Sue as well. And then you had something of your own. And I literally was begging. Daniel had an experience as well. I was begging to be visited by my. You may have been. I was begging to be visited by my uh, since past grandparents. Never was. Is that something I did wrong? Maybe. But let's hear your experience and what. You believe uh, is is, I mean, what do you attribute to that experience? What's your explanation, if you had to give one? I. I don't. Um. My dad paid me a visit. I wholeheartedly believe that, in my dreams. My mom and dad, and my brother Steve, paid me a visit. In my dreams. My dad's visit was uh, right after he died. I had a dream. It was actually took place what appeared to be the home in Schleswig, Iowa. Because you'd walk in that front door, and then there's the living room on to the right. You go through this door. This is the dining room you walk into, and then to the right is the living room. Boom. And then there's another door that goes into the bedroom. But anyways, I walk in. Or no, I'm in the living room, and my dad walked in. I turned around. I didn't get to see him. It was obvious it was my dad. This, I could see the figure. And the first time I had the dream, it the first woke, I woke time? up. Yeah, it was, it was actually the same dream twice. How many? Twice. The first time I woke myself up because my dad walked in and said, how you doing, son? And I, w I was saying, I went to say, missing the hell out of you. And it was so choked up even in my dream that I woke myself up trying to get it out. And then 
how long after that, I don't recall. But I had the, pretty much the same dream. And I was able to stay in the dream and tell him, missing the hell out of you. And he said, I miss you too. And that was the dream with my dad. And then when my mom passed away, uh, uh, my brother Steve, I should say, passed away. Um, mom and dad and Steve, I was in our garage, my garage in Johnstown. And they came up the driveway. And as mom and dad, Steve stayed like halfway back, about halfway down the driveway. And they were on their way to Hawaii. And um, I don't, uh, that there baffles me, but, <laughs> you know, they were all three there. So, is that a visit? Could be. Is it just a dream that I had that, you know, I conjured up in my head? Could be. Um, do I believe in ghosts? I believe they're possible, yeah. I do. Can I just say, by the way, sorry to interrupt that, but I'm sorry for the fucking trucks. This is a terrible studio. Uh, I'll say it out loud. <laughs> Live on a podcast. I gotta do... I, I gotta do work, son. Sorry. But no, uh, to your story, um, gets me a little choked up thinking about it because I, like I said, tried for many years. As hard as I tried to find God, believe it or not. I tried to... Uh, tried to have dreams. Tried to Tried to be visited. Which is ironic in itself, because how do you try you to be can. visited? I don't see how you, you know, you can't But I asked for it. I thought if I spoke yeah. it, then so. it would, it just goes to show the secret's bullshit. <laughs> well, like, okay. You can't me. speak things into being. No. And just like, you know, where does this dream come from, which I actually had last night. Um, there's this, there's a truck, and this truck was the better part of 10 15 feet off the ground, uh, enough to where my car was just way below it. And this truck goes like this in front of me, and I needed to make a left turn, and then so go, I go like this to make my left turn, and next thing I know, I got a guy from that truck pointing a gun at me. And it's like, immediately I make the left turn way sooner than I was planning on. Mm -hmm. And so... Now, he had to go up, turn around, and come back. Well, by the time he did that, I parked my car and ran into a, like an old warehouse. <laughs> Tell me where this dream comes from. Seriously. That's, that's, I, but that's bullshit. That's just, and, and what's crazy is it's like in the movies. This dude knew I was in that warehouse. Oh, so I wasn't in the store was, that I parked my car. It's coming after you. Just like a movie. That was you know? bullshit. It was bullshit, man. Yeah, Exactly. Dreams are dreams. You can't control. I, but I don't even remember those dreams. But so you say dreams are dreams, but then you're saying that you think that what you had was more than a dream. You feel like it was a real visitation. So obviously it wasn't just a dream. Well. At least not to you. All I know is I was wishing like hell in my dream that I had my gun because <laughs> I could defend myself, you know. So... Oh, <laughs> sorry, dude. I blew our, um, but I didn't. So I was running like a chicken with head cut off, trying to get away from this guy. You know, 
Well, I had to wake myself up, which I did successfully. I don't remember any of my dreams. And, and I, that way. I can't. Sorry, no, no, I'm sorry for the awkward silence and the nonsense. But I, I'm trying to think of the last dream I had. Like I can't even think to you the last dream I had, and I probably had one just last night. That's the effect of uh, other things, folks. So there, there. The the thing is back to uh, God, and um, just so you know, He's always there, Jess. No, the thing there. is, the thing is that you want to talk about these dreams that you remember and you have different memories of this dream versus that dream and I can't even differentiate one night from the other so how can you tell me that this dream was a visitation from a family member versus this dream which was just nonsensical hoopla what makes I'm not saying it was a visit I'm saying it's possible. Okay. I can't def- definitely say that it was a visit. It's it might have been something that I uh, wanted to have and was able to create in my dream. You know, while I slept, I don't know. It might have been a visit. That same thing goes for. Have everybody. you ever heard of? Have you ever heard of? Um... Sorry, fuck. Forgive me. One moment. Uh, what's it called? Shit. Take it away for a moment. Dreaming that is, uh... Ah! <laughs> this is gonna drive me fucking crazy. You know when you have something on the tip of your tongue? Yeah. You can't remember what it is? Well, it happens all the time. And it's such and such dreaming. It's... People are screaming at me right now. Um... But it's like an out-of-body experience. Okay. I can't think of it. Okay. Sorry. That's all right. No. I'm going to look uh, it up real quick. It's, it's, I think to deny, to act like we know, I think is insulting. Lucid. 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 You know what I'm talking about? Lucid dreaming? Is that where you're actually like creating it yourself? Yes. Making it happen. Supposedly, you lucid dream, and you're able to practice lucid dreaming, which means you get better at it, and you are dreaming. You're in a sleep state, but you're not in a full sleep state, and you're able to have conscious control of your dream. It's like the Matrix. Supposedly. Now, there's lucid dreaming... And then there's even a step further beyond that, which I'm not going to even try to look up what that is, but a a chick on Tinder who I hooked up with once was telling me about it. (laughs) About how she could, like celestial dreaming, where you could visit people in their dreams. That's some deep shit. That's all I'm saying. That is. Okay, sorry. Very. No, to, to, I just, anything is possible. To tell, to tell, tell you that uh, this is what I believe this isn't possible Um, by the way sorry astral projection 
That's what I was talking about. Not not celestial dreaming, but you could astrally project into someone else's dream and project yourself into like their or not even just dreams, but like into supposedly like you dream yourself into real life situations. I don't know, dude. People are okay. I don't know either. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about that. All right. I fortunately have never experienced that. Are you uh, are you ready to are you ready to talk talk shop yet, dude? What kind of shop? So before I went to jail, because I did go to jail for DUI when I was twenty years old. Before that even occurred, you had introduced me to a talk radio show called Coast to Coast. Oh, Coast to Coast. Hosted by... Oh, don't fucking stutter now. What is it hosted by? George Norton. George Norton, yeah. Come on, man. I haven't listened to that in so long. <laughs> I'm not up that time of night no more. Well, no, but this was when you were working where? Signature offset. Printing. You're talking to people that don't understand when you say signature offset what that means. I'd have to go to work at midnight and be there till freaking whatever time. Okay. Well, thank you. But that's when Coast to Coast is on. It's a printing company. Printing is so fun. Thank you for that very detailed description. You don't never know when you're going to get home. You introduced me to Coast to Coast. George Norrie, which is a late night talk radio show which covers subjects of the supernatural sort. Yep. And you specifically knew that teenage Jesse would be very interested in such subjects. Am I wrong? No. It's, anybody would like that coast to coast. That's not true. Not anybody really? would like it. Uh, you ever met anybody that's been up that time of night and didn't enjoy listening to him? I missed out on uh, many of pussy that thought process alone, sir. Yeah. Lucky you. Chicks don't dig aliens, bro. They just don't. Go figure. So, point being, you introduced me to Coast to Coast, and when I was in jail for two and a half months out of the four I was sentenced, it was all I could do to entertain myself when you're stuck in a concrete cell block with a smelly person. And so with that engaging your interest enough for you to relay it to me, it means that you obviously listen to it enough to have for, for it to have engaged your mind enough on its own. Why were you so attracted to Coast to Coast to begin with? And what stories do you have of the paranormal sort? I just like the way George talked. Oh God, Dad! <laughs> no, he'd always show. You know, he, he, he would he would hit on some pretty, and he always had good guests too. Um, it's just just stuff that's possible. Do you believe in aliens? I believe they're possible. Do you believe in ghosts? I believe they're possible. You're really fucking this up for me, bro. Hmm. You believe they're possible. Do you believe aliens have visited Earth? I believe that's a good possibility, yes. Without I have never seen personally (laughs) 
any proof. Without using the word possibility, answer the next question. Do you believe that ghosts have visited you in your life? <laughs> Without using the word possibility, answer this question. Yes. He's fucking speechless. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. There was a time. Now give me a your specific mom, example. Your mom will tell you. I was, I was, I was, um, I was overtaken. We were playing Risk. Our friend Norm came over. Was it Risk or I thought it was a Ouija board? No, Risk. Okay, my bad. Our friend Norm came over. It was when we lived in the place on Center Street. And I went outside to take a leak. Take a leak? Have a, I was take a leak. I thought this was Ouija. No. And next thing I know, your mom put her hand on my shoulder and I was digging in the ground. You were digging in the ground? With my hands. Looking for what? I don't know. Like I said, I was taking over. But so you were taking a piss. I went to go, I think, take a leak. Or you went, maybe have a cigarette. You went to go pee or have a cigarette or something? Yeah, like but that. I don't, I was, I was you weren't a doing a closet smoker back then. You weren't doing anything of the, it's all, it's all good. You weren't doing anything of the psychedelic nature no. in those years? No. And, um. You weren't doing no, anything. No, and here's the, here's the thing with, Lillian Donald lived in that same, um, Lillian Donald lived in that same, they're the ones that said they thought it was haunted. Um, we were drinking. Oh, yeah, we were drinking. I was drinking, like rum, 151. Okay, so yeah, I was stupid as far as that goes. But I was home. But so you couldn't have just been blackout drunk, digging in the ground for no reason? That's possible. I okay. just did. I didn't give it, a th it was other than being, yeah. I didn't think right. anything, I didn't think anything of it really seriously until Lillian Donald moved up to Colorado or when they came to visit, one of the two, we were telling them the story and Lily said that there's something about that place. About what place? Where we lived. Okay. But you're talking about the place in Loveland. No, this is in Mesa, Arizona. What the f Okay, sorry. This was way back in Mesa, Arizona. My fault, folks. I'm having a hard time following this story because the, no, place, the place that you lived in Loveland, Loveland Donald, was fucking haunted as well. Donald saw. God, see this? We can go on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Donald saw it. Okay. Okay. So you're... No, Donald saw that. He was he was But Lily's the saying the place in Loveland. There let's let's stick Mesa. stick from one. Stick from one. The place the we were at. That's in what Mesa. I mean. Sorry, Arizona. The place in Arizona. Aunt Lil said there was something. There was something it. about that place. And it's like, well, that's possible because they were telling us a story. If I remember correctly. They were telling us a story about it. And I'm like, that's possible because and I told them my story. And it's like, damned if I know what happened. All I know, barehanded, digging in the ground. And it took mom touching you on mom the shoulder. And it's like, whoa. 
what the, what, what am I, and it's like, yeah, what the hell was I doing? And you woke up out of a trance. Whatever, yeah, and it was like, what that's, the hell was going on? That's fucking creepy. That's legitimate creepy. I have no experience like that in Ask my life. Ask your mom about it. If she remembers, see if she I remembers will. it. Yeah, we, no, we should. That's the way I remember it. Hey, let's, that's a, it's a rare instance. Now, with Donald and Lily, they were leaving our house. I went out, said goodbye, la, 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 and they were leaving our house. And Donald called me when he got home. That was before cell phones. And he called me when he got home. And he said, were you upstairs in your bedroom? Because our bedroom faced the street. And I'm like, no. He said, your curtains were pulled back when we left. And it's like, what? Yeah, so something had the curtains pulled back. Yeah. And your Uncle Donald has... Um, Spooky stories. Yeah. No, I know. Do I believe? I believe they're possible. Have I experienced? That's the closest I ever came is that in Mesa, Arizona. On, uh, if I remember correctly, Center Street. Um, and that was that was that was weird. You know. Uh, aside from that, anything is possible, in my opinion. It's good anything opinion. is possible, except. Except. We as humans being able to destroy the universe <laughs> that God has created. I do. I laugh at that. Uh, it's right. so insulting to God. When you're talking about global warming, so, all right. No, I didn't say global warming. Full disclosure. No, but let me, no. Let me, let me go ahead and do a disclaimer speech Anymore here. it's climate change. They can't make up their mind. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so for those of you of the uh, more liberal nature... My father is a staunch conservative, does not believe in global warming or climate change, which if I, Jesse Lone, am going to take a political stance at this point in time, I'll let you know, I'm actually on board with what he just said. It's not political stance. It's insulting to God to think that we can wreck what God has created. God has our lives planned out. I Well, and so here's the problem, though. I disagree with what you just said, but I disagree with what they're saying as well. Now, when I say I disagree with what they're saying, when they say that we're going to destroy the planet and that we're, uh, you know, uh, just wrecking the environment, true, maybe true, the environment as we know it in this current state. However, species have went extinct regardless of human interaction for centuries and will continue to go, to go extinct with or without us. And the Earth, with or without human influence, is going to continue to exist. And, by the way, say, by some unforsaken chance, we do fuck up this planet, the solar system is still, still going to continue to exist. And then the solar system, uh, the, the, the galaxy, which this solar system's contained within, is going to continue to exist. The galaxy within the universe will continue to exist. We're one tiny fucking fragment of Very stardust. Tiny. Very tiny stardust. In the entire and to say that consideration of thing. Now, what to say? No, don't. I understand. I'm sorry if I'm. I've, I've had a little few to drink, so might not be doing my best ex explanation. But that stardust is very unique because, as we know it, we're the only speck of stardust that is able to sustain life. 
that has water, know. that has oxygen. As far as we know. As far as we know. Correct. However, by that book that you keep referencing, or at least the God that you keep thanking, we're the chosen. Right? What book do I keep referencing? Uh, I like. you're not you're not referencing any book, but you keep talking about our heavenly father. There's a book, but that has nothing to do with How the do book. you know he's a father? I don't. But then why do you call him a father? Our creator. Um there's Thank a you. book. Thank you. Capital Gains, I believe Let you me got finish. for a Christmas present Let you me need to read. Go ahead. Fucking keep finish. Going. Okay. With all of that said, we are a very unique speck of stardust. Mm-hmm. So there is something here worth sustaining, which is why when we talk about sustainable energy, when we talk about sustainable resources, this isn't something to brush aside and look at as a liberal agenda. It is something worth considering and worth taking seriously. Dan Fogelberg himself would tell you that the earth that we live on is worth caring for. Correct. John Denver, one of the biggest advocates of Earth Day. And if you don't understand why I'm ref- referencing these two music artists at this point, it's because they are the two that tied together the conservative and the liberal that created this that you're looking at right now. Not true. D- d- don't interrupt. That's not true. Don't interrupt. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, with that said, there's something worth sustaining. Do you disagree? Yeah, I agree. Okay. So then let's focus on sustaining this, but not not under the misconnotation, if I'm saying that correctly, that we are doing this for the Earth's purpose or for the Earth's good. Because when it's all said and done, when we fuck it all up, and we will, if you're asking me, I'm not the optimist that my father is. When we do fuck this all up, the earth's going to continue to live on. Do and it. it'll rebirth itself the same as it always has for eons and eons and ages of all the life forms that have walked across this planet that we find fossils of. They were there before, and we will be one of them. That's my opinion. Well, you could be right. My opinion is that I find it insulting to God to think that we can destroy what has been created by him. And I agree, which is what I said in the sense that we are arrogant in our belief that we could destroy the planet. Yeah, very arrogant. The planet will live on long after us, folks. We're like a fungus. God's in charge. We're like a fungus, and like a, any fungus, the earth will rid itself of this fungus. It like does. it has time and she time heals before. Herself. That's correct. And with that said, all of our actions should be done in our own self-interest. That's what they should be done as. Not we're saving the earth. No, we're fucking saving ourselves. That's it. That's it. It's not nothing to do with saving the earth. But so... Would you disagree then that there do there there are necessary steps to take to save ourselves because we're fucking this planet up? Well, and yeah. when you yourself spoke to overpopulation, uh, that, that's just it. That's just it. And it's a, that's a, 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 the best example I can give you is when I was driving. I don't get near as frustrated anymore over the last seven months since I started working at Hood County News. 
Uh, when I was driving to Fort Worth every day, regardless of my path, 377 or 51, it didn't matter. The closer I get to the city, the more disrespectful I see and the people just throwing trash out. And yeah, that's pissed me off. It really, really irritates me. It makes me want to just take the person that's doing the littering and just knock the living crap out of them. Well, so that being said, now that I don't drive that, you don't have I don't to deal see with it. that. And so I'm not near as frustrated. And so that's a lot makes it a lot safer for people. Can I throw out an example that touches on what you just said that is probably going to make me less popular than I already am not? But it, it touches don't on tell a viral. You're a litterer. There's a no. Okay. There's a viral video going around of U.S. border agents kicking over water jugs that were left there by humanitarians for the migrants, what they call migrants, they're illegal immigrants coming into the country. They're illegal immigrants, correct. So when I saw this video of these border patrol agents kicking over full water jugs left behind to aid and abed an illegal operation of bringing illegal immigrants into this country. You know what I was most upset about? What? Guess. Somebody's leaving water there for him. No, guess again. I wasn't upset the water being left behind for the migrants or illegal immigrants. I wasn't left I wasn't upset at, at, at the fact that the border patrol agents kicked the bottles over. I was just irritated the fucking plastic got left behind. I was like, really? If you're going to kick over the supplies, at least pick up the fucking trash. <laughs> like, do us a fucking favor and don't leave that litter in the middle of this desert. That's that's what irritated me most, which is a very unpopular stance to take, I'm sure. But it's like, oh, fuck the immigrants. Fuck the Border Patrol. Just don't litter. God damn. Why is that so hard? Have to use that phrase, but yeah, I agree. I uh, gee whiz, no, it's malarkey. Why do you have to litter? And it's just bull crap. By the way, I say fuck the immigrants. I don't mean fuck the immigrants. The views expressed on this are not those of the Trap Street Cottages and uh, are of Jesse Lone alone, and not even of Jesse Lone because I'm not real. I don't exist. Keep going. They are illegal immigrants. It's that simple. And I think that in, as a, as a, we should help them have, but, take but, their country back. But do those illegal immigrants have any less of a right to exist than you or I? No, they don't. They deserve to exist just like you and I. However... However, what? Well, you touched on taking back their own country. Yeah, well, that's just I it. Feel like as opposed have, to going to Iraq and, and well, Afghanistan. I feel, like, I feel like they have just as much of a right to exist in their own country as they, ha- they, as they should have a right to exist in ours. Why do they have more Copy rights that. in our country than they have in their own? That's their bingo. That's exactly right. And so with that said, question. with that said, 
why would we focus our resources on liberating a country overseas as opposed to one Iraq, just as opposed to going down and helping our neighbors out down south take it away boss why aren't we doing that you have a, a, a group called the cartel which is responsible for how much drug trafficking going on in this country murdering but we started a war on drugs on the 80s sir how much has that helped that's our government yes how much has that helped hey that was mr reagan sir who you're such a fan of you go out there and throw your car can you go through your car because if you can't that's how much you can trust our government as far as you can throw that car who is your if i asked you to name your favorite president to date who is it uh coolidge (laughs) coolidge calvin coolidge all right, who's your second favorite? I'm going to go to my worst. Who do I hate the most? Okay. Who do you think it is? Who do I hate the most as far as our presidents go? I'd say either Carter or... If I went further back than that... Um, what's his name? Who's the, who's the, the libtard from the... Back in the day. Woodrow. Wilson. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Am I right? Probably the, most, yeah. Probably the worst? Probably the most evil. All right. I was trying to get you to say how much you love Reagan, though, boss, because Mr. <laughs> Mr. Reagan lover is the one who is talking about the war on drugs and how bad it's been. Why? Uh, how can you talk about how can you talk about what a detriment the war on drugs has I been to our economy I think, I think when naive. it was created by the most the, the conservative idol? He was naive. He was he was just naive. He was from California. You yeah. have to understand. <laughs> He's from California. That's your excuse. Oh, that was when California wasn't totally uh, mentally challenged. But. That cancer called liberalism has obviously, well, you look at California now and you can see how successful that that uh, way of life is, you know. Now, Reagan was a good president, great president. He did a lot of what Donald Trump is doing. That's because a lot of what Donald Trump is doing, he stole straight out of Reagan. Make America great again? Lowering taxes. Make America great again was straight up fucking stolen from Reagan. Lowering taxes does nothing but help the country. I'm not arguing. Do you see what uh, Apple has chosen to do? It's great. It's great. It's, it's like, great. What's it's it? like 240 million it's, jobs. It's great what Apple's chosen to do. Yeah. But you can't argue that a or lot of job, what uh, a lot of what Trump has chosen to do was straight up stolen out of Reagan. When you look back at Reaganomics, it didn't fucking help the country. In the long haul, it hurt the country. No, it did not. Oh, bro. It did not. No, you the fact that you had Bush come behind Reagan and be a Bush. <laughs> is what destroyed it. Okay, okay, okay. Well, when you put it that way, 
when you put it that way. That's not Ronnie's fault. Oh, <laughs> don't call him Ronnie like yeah. your fucking hunting buddies. That's not Ronald Reagan's fault. Uh, it ain't. And Bush, Bush, that's the reason Bush only was a uh, one-term president, because he was a bald-faced liar. Um, not good. Believed in um, negative. Negative. I didn't vote for him. Well, my dad didn't I, vote for him. I understand. I understand. I made my brother Steve mad that I didn't. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, because he was hard. He's Star hard. Republican. Republican. You gotta go Republican. It's like, no, you go who's best. How about that deal? Let's yeah. lose the R. My brother Tom said that about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Lose the R and the D. Yeah. And let them tell us what they stand for. They're, that's a hell of a good idea. You know? That would be a hell of a good idea. It gets these stupid Democrat people voting for Democrat because I'm a Democrat, regardless. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's people that actually voted for Hillary Clinton. You know? Because <laughs> she's a Democrat. All right. Well, there's a lot of people who voted for her for more than just being a Democrat. Which, well, being a woman. If you want to go down another rabbit hole for a another woman. hour. We already had a first. There was, there was, we already had a woman president. Do you know that? We've already had a woman president. Uh? Uh? Her name was Edith. Look it up. Is this some Glenn Beck shit you're spouting at me? No, it's the truth. It's the truth. You look it up. <laughs> Tell me about Edith. Look up Woodrow Wilson's days. All right, let's look. That derelict puke called Woodrow Wilson. Edith President? Like, what What no, else should Edith I look up? Edith Wilson. She was the one calling all the oh, shots. Oh, no, yeah, I knew, because he, he got put in a fucking coma or whatever, right? And she, she had was a stroke. Yeah. Oh, was, I knew that. We they, were all they blessed. Did a, they we did a drunk history. And he gave Woodrow Wilson a stroke. <laughs> However, Edith got to call the shots from that point forward for the rest of the term. By the way, for those of you that don't understand where I get my sense of humor from, it's right here when they're like, wait, he just said he had a stroke and it was a, it was an act of God. Why is that funny? That's hilarious to me. That's mm. fucking hilarious. So sorry, I'm keeping. If you know keep how going. evil, if you you do your homework and know how evil Woodrow Wilson is or was, sorry, yeah, you'll understand where I'm coming from. Yep. Most racist. He 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 brought. He was. You're evil. not wrong. Evil. Yeah. No, they did a whole drunk racist history on it. Piece of crap. On on Comedy Central, it was awesome. No, you're right. You're right. Johnson, Lyndon Johnson wasn't much better. But no, Wilson was a bad, bad man. Fucking dad's a history major over here, sir. I don't understand how much Glenn Beck did for you. You need to read. You can't spell worse hey, shit. Hey, I'm, reading that, I'm, history. Reading that, I'm reading that book right now, uh, Capital Gains. It's a great book. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Seriously, quit getting me books for Christmas. Okay, well, you need to read it. If you're not going to read it, give it to me. I'll read it again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dexter. Dexter! No, Dexter! <laughs> Homeboy keeps jumping on the keyboard. You don't understand that that's not how podcasts is run, son. No. Damn, there we go. You're good. Okay. You're good. I know, but we're going to look up. Uh, what were you saying? Edith. 
Oh. We don't got to look her up. People people got that shit on their own. Yeah, they can look them up. That's, they understand. that's one thing. That's what that's what baffles me. Everybody walks around with a freaking dictionary today. And yet they're stupid. <laughs> There's no reason for it. <laughs> it's I believe the word you're looking for is encyclopedia. Encyclopedia, you're right. Thank you for correcting me. You're you're Dictionary very welcome. Looking up a word. Yeah, which by the way, you you have that as well. Anathosaurus. Which is why when I see kids, this is what fucks me up about today, okay? As a 27-year-old in t- today's society, I hate seeing the fucking memes that are spelt out with like three letters, like for a word. When it's like, I don't know, but I'm sure I could pull up Facebook and find you one in a heartbeat. And, and the fucking way that kids spell shit these days. They don't spell. They... They don't... Do, do you realize, Jesse... That they don't even teach writing in school anymore? Cursive. And you guys wonder why I want to kill myself. Really? That's really no reason to kill yourself. That's that's a great reason. That's but actually, that's a top reason. <laughs> how are these, how are these um, snowflakes <laughs> going to sign their autograph? <laughs> the fucking X? Like they did back in the fucking days when we mined before for gold. We had, before and guys we read. Yeah, before there was writing. Yeah. Didn't know how to farm or wipe their own ass, but they knew how to pan mm-hmm. and X. They don't know how. They're, they're not teaching writing anymore. No, well, they're teaching writing. They're not teaching cursive. Cursive, well, that's writing. Well, that's writing, but it's, writing it's, it's, cursive, it's a big exaggeration to say they're not teaching writing at all. They're teaching writing. They just stopped qu- teaching cursive. Cursive, which okay. is a Which is, which is writing. what's the start? What's the, where's to stop the slope, right? Have you ever looked uh, Danielle, up, have you hey, ever looked up hey, the Constitution? Give, give credit where credit's due. Give credit where credit's due. Where's that? Danielle? Yeah. She's teaching cursive. No. <laughs> but Danielle and uh, uh, Derek moved to the east side of I-25 to be in a different school district to make sure that their kids keep up on their education. So, Well, fortunately, Danielle is a teacher, so she should be able to make sure that they stay up on their education for sure. Oh, because that's totally within her amount of powers to make sure that so anyways you if you, you and daniel were in school today <laughs> i guarantee you jesse i would be teaching you cursive if the school was failing to do their job <laughs> okay that that does not take a rocket scientist either all right well i again um without putting down your optimism i'm gonna appreciate it i'm glad that you think that you'd be of uh, you you would find that of importance enough to set the time aside in your day to do that because a lot of parents don't and I think a lot of parents won't. No, they won't. And they I think, think it's honestly, a school job. yeah, and I think in the end, there's another reason what's wrong with us. It's you know, the parents uh, think it's a school's job to raise their kids. I mean, they sit and whine because the schools are involved in their personal lives, and but whose fault is it? You're the one giving the reins to the school system, the, the government, I should say, because the government has taken over the schools. Bro, look at the control that you gave. I mean, y- you don't see it when you're in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
when it's occurring in the moment, you can't see the bubble that's surrounding you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you're a part of the system. You're engaged in the system. You're yeah. relying on the system. Yeah. When you're relying on the system, <clears throat> when yeah. that becomes your only source of sustainability, because look at it, the majority of these parents are relying on this system because they have to go to work just to keep that fucking family afloat. No, no. You're saying that, no, that's a bummer. oh, we'd make sure that you knew cursive. Between what? Between all the shit that used to make you fucking... You remember in your classroom? Un when they had all the cursive letters up top and the printed ones? Next to them? Yeah. Look at people from my generation write and see how much fucking good that did them. All I know It is, didn't do them any good. Is, because what it takes is a parental figure at home. Here, let... Yes, I agree. And here's what we need. Convention of the States. <laughs> oh, now you want to talk convention No, of the I already States, said that earlier. And we're going to get off of it. And that's why I'm saying that. Because we'll get off of it. <laughs> we need Convention of the States. Our government has gotten far too big. No, I wanted to touch back on Convention of the States. And you got off of that shit, dude. I don't want to, I don't, our government has gotten too big. Federal government is way too big. What's that going to do with What do you call that? I feel like this is very ADD. Smack them down. Oh, yeah. Federal government is asinine. That's what we're going to turn this into? Article 5. Why do you wear an NRA hat? We're gonna, Article 5. We're going to go talking about fucking Waco type shit. No, like, oh, well, let, let's make sure the federal government doesn't get involved with what we're dealing with because we got to make sure they don't come after our weapons because they don't have any right. And the FBI. Yeah, actually, and I actually read, I actually read a, a, a comment by a guy. Um, I didn't comment back because I'm taking some good advice and not liking or disliking or whatever. Or commenting. Yeah. Because. So I didn't. That's I didn't how comment. Get you. I didn't comment, and uh, but I thought what's funny is uh, this guy puts on there. None of us belong to a militia anymore. So what is the need for guns? <laughs> it's like, boy, that is one really smart guy. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, so let, let me propose this to you because it's still my argument to this day. For those of you that were worried about creating a militia to fight against the government in case the government becomes tyrannical, I ask you, what are you going to do to fight against the drones? You all got fucking guns and AKs and automatic weapons. Like, we're going to be fucking fighting hand in hand against them. Do you not understand that warfare doesn't work that way anymore? I know. It's still better than nothing at all. Y'all don't understand that warfare doesn't work that way anymore. Listen. They're not going to come up to us like, hey, guys, give us your guns. No. And no, like they're going to come in with... There you go. Exactly. And that's why... So what the fuck are you so worried about holding on to your guns for? Our founding fathers... Put in the Constitution. I'm all a fan for guns. Article keeping your guns, by the way. But wow. Convention of the States. Our federal government needs to be shut down. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. They're too big. Yeah. When 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 our states when some of our states are bigger than countries, 
in Europe. That's why countries in Europe... Texas is bigger than Germany. Uh, we should each be our own sovereign individual state. It's supposed to be that state. way. It's supposed to be that way. You're supposed yeah. to be making your own rules. That's the way it should be. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way it's going to be. That's the way it will be if there's convention of the states. <laughs> and what confidence do you have that's going to happen, boss? Uh, we'll advertise it right here on the Jesse Long Show. I hey, wish. folks, go look up convention of the states. Article 5. Our founding fathers put it in the Constitution for a reason. What's amazing is they knew. Nope. They knew <laughs> how corrupt the government could become and probably was going to become, and they put everything in there. You talk about crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Mm -hmm. Our founding fathers did every bit of that. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't want to listen to what they created, that being the greatest state in the world. But that's what sucks. Or nation, I mean. I'm sorry. The majority aren't going to listen to that, and we're going to miss out on the benefit of Convention of the States due to the majority ignorance. It's a possibility. Unfortunately, it is. It's a good possibility. In which case, that's where, you know, um, God forbid, that's where, and you got people crying for it, and definitely I'm not one of them, but if we were to have a civil war, that would be creepy. Don't go there, bro. I'm not going there. I'm just saying. It's... You know how many people talk that crap, Jess? Civil War? Yeah. It's, uh... it's asinine. It's truly asinine. And what's too bad is... And here we have a government that... People don't trust. You know, we have news networks that people don't trust. Everywhere you turn, there's no trust. You know? And it's mainly because I believe anyway, and I could be wrong, but the family has been broken down. <laughs> you know, there's there's you look at all the kids that are raised without a father in the home, you know, and it doesn't add up. Let's put it that way. But yeah, you got some really stupid people talking. Um, all you need is convention of the states. I will say this: when there are kids, they're eating. Fucking Tide Pods. And I understand this is very cliche subject matter at this point. Hey, you, yeah. But when there are kids eating fucking Tide Pods, yeah. clearly there's some parental what? supervision that is lacking. What was that? What was that? Uh, the bath salt? Remember that? Yeah. What was that? Were they eating that? That was, that was they drugs. Doing? That was a whole different thing. That was totally different. That, was, that wasn't bath salts like you think of them. That was drugs. No. That's a whole other... Do you want to get down that rabbit hole? No, I don't want to go down that hole. I don't... Do, no, uh-uh. I don't think we got enough time. No, but, yeah, I... Or those pods, uh, Tide... Clearly, there needs to be more... Is Tide the only one that makes them? No. 
Everybody makes them. Yeah, there's uh, whatever brand you can think of. They all got their own little plastic pods. See, if I was Tide and all them people, I'd do away with them. That's what sucks is Tide got the bad rap for them. Yeah. When it's like uh, all the other brands have the same sort of shit. Tide got the fucking brand name labeled with it. Yeah, they should. They should just do away. Okay. And Tide is Our great. shit's in bottles. Yeah, it's, it's a great cleaner. Yeah. It's what you guys use my whole used. life. <laughs> that's what Dad, no, Penny don't use it, but that's what Dad used in the bay. Yep. At the station, and I'll tell you what, it cleaned that bay. Yeah. Well, Good stuff. Obviously, elbow grease along with Tide, but still. Your Uncle Tom would vouch for that. The fact of the matter is, uh, there is something lacking in the parental system in this country, obviously. Um, I, you know, speaking of my childhood, thought y'all did the best you could. And the best you could was pretty darn good. I don't know if your parents were more present for your upbringing than you were for mine. I can't judge. This is why I do these kind of interviews and these kinds of questions is trying to understand was your upbringing any more supervised than mine? You know what I mean? Mom did the best she could. Dad, um, thanks to this wonderful government of ours, yeah, was um, had my dad gone a great deal of time. Um, it's a lot, lot, lot of the reason why I didn't. Uh, you know, I had, I had, I had three very, four very good teachers uh, when it came to, for starters. And I shouldn't say that because I tried to go in the military, but um, they wanted me to score higher than a high school graduate. So, um, which unfortunately I was equivalent to a high school graduate. But anyway, I saw my dad gone all the time, a lot of the time. And then Steve and Tom. Tom told me stories about uh, his basic training, what have you, and then Steve as well. And BJ really never told me anything about what he went through in the military. Um, he never told me anything about the military, but um, all I know is I was able to put two and two together and figure out that, uh, yeah, the military's attitude was we don't mind, you don't matter. And I wasn't a fan of that, and so... Once I did try to go, and the guy said, man, if it weren't for the fact that you had a GED, if you'd have had a high school diploma, you'd, you're in. But because you have a GED, you have to score higher. It's like, okay. Yeah, I don't want a good soldier. No big deal. I'll go about my own merry, biz, merry way, and that's what I did. Survived just fine without it. And obviously our country survived fine without me being in the military. So... No big deal. The only thing I lack now is I don't get to have my name on a brick down there at the park. Because <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. No, family of uh, history of. <laughs> uh, well. the black sheep of the family.
I really wish uh, I remembered what I was saying before you started uh, telling that story, but I don't. I think I was trying to wrap it all up in the end, though. Cool. We've gone past our time. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have a time limit. I just no. figured. I mean, do you have more to say? No. Yeah. So. My back teeth are floating. Oh well, feel free to go, boss. I ain't trying to hold you. No, um. Thanks. Time. Thanks for being here. Well, you're welcome. I think. Uh, you're very welcome. We're bound to put somebody to sleep. <laughs> fucking a. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, thanks, thanks for being here. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, see you on the next show.